Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 178. Uh, Wheels has been finally thrown into that uh, great tire junkyard in the sky. So I will be currently taking lead host duties, Dave McBurney, Final Master, and with us as always. Oh, sorry. Michael Baker is your man in Japan, Gaijimono Gatari. I'm used to being the third person. I've lost track of the rhythm here. Say what? I'm used to being the third person, so it's like, okay, just wait for Dave to finish. Wait a moment. Dave just finished. What, what's going on here? Everything's changed. Everything's wrong. Everything you know is wrong. Oh, no. Ah, uh, some memories. Uh, hey, uh, you try living with my brain of a weird um, MP3 player. Oh, trust me, no, I just I just remember hearing that song a lot in, like, 1997, so. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, what you been up to? Mm-hmm. Um, lately, mostly trying to figure out exactly how Metal Magazine Reborn is supposed to be different. That's discouraging. <laughs> well, I figured I was going to be using this uh, recording as a, like, a... Well, it's Sounding a rehearsal board. for what I'm going to write down on the impression. Mm. So it's like, let's start this off with, um, no matter what they do to the battle system, this game is still Metal Max Zeno. And so if you have en- if you had any issues with the story, um, with the uh, narrative, the characterizations, the setting, or the themes, that's not going to be changing. That's true. Yes. Um, there have been a few notable alterations to the f- sequence of the events, including one character who has not actually shown up yet. And I'm not sure why. Hmm. Um, plus, uh, some, I mean, some of the characterizations have been a bit different to go, sometimes matching the new character art a bit better. Like, Tony, the girl, is decidedly more nihilistic now. Hmm. Yeah. Um, waiting to see where that goes, but... Um, the new the new bat combat system is actually kind of interesting since it lets you snipe large numbers of enemies from a distance. That's something at least. It's not really yeah. fixing a thing that I thought was a problem, but no, it's just taking the new um, distance shot system from Xeno and expanding mm. on it and making more a more basic part of the actual game's combat, mm. and allowing you to do it on foot as well. Mm which is a plus. Um, And uh, what was the list of the fake list of demands that I put up last January? Let me see here. Shouldn't be too hard to find. Uh Uh-huh. It's a metal max casino. Let's go here. Search. Okay, let's see. Um... Oh, here. What it will take for me to give the Metal Magazine a remake a passing grade. <laughs> so, okay, so first, Poach, um, first, that Pochi B restored to his proper place as man's best kick-ass mascot good boy. This was the this was the bone to throw because, you know what? We already knew he was there. Yeah, they had already announced this. This was the yeah. free space. Yep. So we shall go on to add that we wish to be able to pet the doggy as well. And you know what? We can. Good. You can pet the doggy. That's a good start. 
you check out my Twitter about last week, I actually posted a screenshot of me petting the doggy. Okay. See that the ruins of post-apocalyptic Tokyo be worth the effort of exploration. Um, we're mm. working on that. Um, I mean, the first ruined area that I found was very much the same as what it was in the first game. Mm-hmm. The second one was an underground parking garage and looked a bit different from other locations in the game. So, um, there, I'm only on the third explore. Um, I haven't actually, I kind of skipped one. Um, but it does seem like they have changed some of the on foot areas to actually be not all looking exactly the same. That's um, something at least. Yeah. Um, there do not seem to have been any. Or, I mean, there have been a few additions to the Wanted Monsters list, but no, nothing really substantive. Like, um, you still have multiple versions of the same monster as different wanted items, wanted creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, story fleshed out, characters have more character. There are some hints that they have tried something, but I don't know what at this point. <laughs> we'll have to see how that plays out. Put a pin in that one. Let's see. Let's see, please allow there to be more settlements and more humans to have avoided destruction. Have not seen that so far. That's true. Yes. We have absolutely no no signs that they have actually made anything more interesting in that regard or that anyone beyond the original cast has survived. Hmm. And again, like I said here, a game where every settlement is reduced to a recent large blast crater before the action even begins is a game which has cut off one of its own legs. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. Again, unless things get significantly weirder in the second half of the map, where I'm, I mean, I've just got to Libro Dome, the library, mm-hmm. which looks better now from what I've seen. It, I mean, it's definitely been in, improved as a location, but I'm not quite sure if it's um, what, what's going on beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, that there be a better face of antagonism against which to fight. Again, we have not seen anything of that. So, um, so, uh, so oddly, enough, the, oddly enough, the final boss, you know how um, in the original game you didn't see the final boss until about halfway through the game in a sandstorm? Mm-hmm. And then he eventually moved, or it eventually moved around until it was parked literally across the river from Iron Base? Yeah. At the start of Xeno Reborn, it is already parked at that spot opposite Iron Base. What an odd choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can see it, you can see the final boss from the front step of the first town of the only town how odd yes um so this is pretty much my wish list for xeno reborn 2 at this point yeah because it sure doesn't seem like one reborn one is gearing up to really pass all these i mean it would have been a bit of a stretch for several of these items to begin with because they would have had to seriously reimagine how the game was supposed to play out to include some of these Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, what really strikes me is, first of all, I mean, generally a lack of enemy variety in any given area. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll be seeing the same sets of monsters for a while, or for any given area, yeah, you will be seeing the same sorts of monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't see a lot of mixed mobs, you don't see a lot of, you don't see more than five enemy types per air 
region at this point. Um, and the fact that so far I have seen two different versions of the same aerial drone boss and three <laughs> different versions of the Manhunter boss. Oh boy. Oh, three, three, three different boss versions of the Manhunter boss. A, like, 20 instances of the same Mook version of the Manhunter boss and two or th or three or four half-blasted, immobilized versions of that same boss. So still pretty light on unique assets, is what you're saying. Yes. So, I mean... I mean, I just took out Jaeger Zapper. That's the third version. And there were at least one or two more after that that I remember. Yeah, I think by three by three uh, appearances, you can probably assume that they're not changing any of them. Yeah. I mean, each version of the Zapper gets more oversized, and, I mean, to their credit, they kind of removed the first one, the very first one that was in Xeno in the, mm -hmm. the C-Tunnel. And they replaced it with one of the um, half-broken warp machines. Mm -hmm. So, which is actually kind of bad. too bad because I... I remember laughing at the smiley face on the first Zapper boss. Yeah. Before it opened up to reveal the eye. Yeah. So. But yeah. Um, it's like, let's see. We we want oddballs in nutcases. We want fortified sushi restaurants and rain cisterns made out of parabolic antenna. We want buried shopping mall bunkers and automated resorts and giant Buddha heads sticking out of the sands. Sounds like we didn't and get what we want. Not getting any of those. <laughs> Uh, maybe they'll have learned by Reborn too, but still disappointing. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's it is what it is, and what it is is feeling increasingly less like a Metal Max game even as it tries to be more like one. Is that just because it's like highlighting how much it's not getting it, or? Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Well, that, I mean, the combat system has moved is strangely moving away from turn-based while being turn-based. It's weird. That's, that's basically the uh, JRPG industry writ large at this point. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's disappointing. It's not terribly surprising, but it is disappointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm still enjoying it, I'm, despite some ghosting issues with my joysticks. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's... It could be worse, I suppose. It doesn't seem to have made anything actively worse than the original, so... Mm. And on the face of it, it is an improvement mm. on the original. It's just the original had so much to improve on. It's just disappointing that they didn't improve on some of the things that really, really needed it. Yeah. I mean, again, to be fair, some of the things that really, really needed it, they just really, really needed to make a different game. Yeah. 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 Uh, hopefully Reborn to uh, right the ship. We can hope, but they may just have to reboot the series again to get back to... Whatever basics. that mysterious third game that they announced was. Yeah. So I mean, it's... We were talking a couple of weeks back about studios and changes of guard and things like that. Yeah. And this is definitely a series that has lost most of its main development staff. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that can be fine, but it doesn't seem like the new staff really has a strong idea of what identity... They don't have an idea for what new identity to give it, and they don't have a good grasp on its old identity. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Hope Springs Eternal. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... At the very least, it could be hope that somebody decides to pull a Legend of Legacy and make their own Metal Max game without That'd calling nice. it that. I've got a plot. I've got a plot outline or two that could be useful if anyone's interested. So, <laughs> you know, just in case someone starts uh, looking. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've I uh, played some Moon. Mm-hmm. Still very slow going because if you don't know what to do, your early game action limit is heavily restrictive. Yeah. Uh, I nearly died trying to talk to the king at night. Yeah, don't. I mean, pay close attention to that red arrow on your clock. Yeah, yeah. It's it's taking me a while to really get used to reading the clock, but. Yeah. Yeah, I I ended up having to use some uh, some of the cookies that I'd uh, been hoarding. So yeah, yeah, that's what they're I mean, for. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the good news is that not too far into the game, the cookies really stopped being an issue. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like just just having that extra thing in case things really start getting bad is useful. So yeah, but yeah, if just in the first area during the day. Um, there's like three monsters you can pick up, all of which will help a lot. Um, yeah, various been... characters you can talk to. Um, talk to the toy boy and promise to give him a, or let him play your game station if, at some point, and you get more there. Mm. Yeah, I'll go looking for them. Uh, I needed to like I've been trying to think of like one of the one of the things that feels like a tutorial that I just haven't been able to quite work out is. That second monster that the hero kills that's seemingly supposed to t- to help you understand the day-night cycle. Uh-huh. Like, just because it's like, oh, it's a nocturnal monster, so its soul will be out at night, but, like, whenever I go there at night, it's like, oh, it's just nothing here, and I don't quite is that, know it, where it is. It kind of shows up literally at dusk. Mm. So I remember, I remember just picking up the slime, and then I was about to head back to Granny's to sleep, and the bat showed up and like, okay, grab it. Okay, so it's just that I haven't gotten lucky with it uh, showing up or at least noticing it when it shows up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it'll be just right there around dusk. Just it, okay. right when the arrow is hitting the point between night and day. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. But yeah, that was one of those ones where it's like, I feel like I should have figured this out and I must be missing yeah. something. So. But yeah. Uh, Other things you can do... Um, once you can actually stay out a bit later at night, mm-hmm. um, talk to the lady at the bar when she's awake, and then pick. You can find something near the bakery in the morning on the ground mm-hmm. and give it to her for some points. Um, you can go into Flora's bedroom and look at her when she's asleep and be a little creepy, and then get yourself balled out by a radical feminist character as you leave the bar. <laughs> Yeah, quite funny there. We're being a little creepy, but yeah. <laughs> yes, in fact, yes. And the game quite acknowledges this. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, on Sundays, 
during the day. If you go to the balcony at the rear of the castle, you can see one of the guards practicing toy airplanes. Oh, I saw that uh, area, but I wasn't quite sure if there was anything in it. So that's... Yeah, there's a few things you can do there. But yeah, you'll have to help him with the toy airplanes on three different Sundays. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, in the castle, the left corridor... Yeah? Um, if you just check around the left side of the corridor towards the end, you'll be able to find a book... And if you give it to the minister, you get some more points. Hmm, fair enough. That's one of the easier ones. Yeah, that seems like something you're just supposed to stumble on, so I'll go look for yeah. that. Mm, what else? Um, like two or three times a week, um, the guard Bilby will go out and go back to the bar. Mm-hmm. And so if you wait, like, out of sight of the door, the guard's barrack door, yeah. and if you wait a while, the other guard will come out. Mm-hmm. And if he sees you, he'll run back inside. But if he doesn't see you, then he'll just continue on. And if you follow him discreetly to the royal audience chamber, there's an interesting scene. Hmm. It's worth looking for. I will not go into more detail because I want you to be feeling the WTF. So. I'm excited. I'm interested. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and... Um, yeah, I mean, there's the monster in Curio's shop, but you have to wait till evening in order to get him. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, the the clue on that one says that he likes the smell of smoke, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Curio only smokes his pipe in the evening. Oh, that would explain. One and of those then, things that you just um, sort of have to notice over time. Yeah, and then there's one day a week, I think it's Sounds Day, I think. Yeah. That um, the that baker will be at the bar. I mean, mm-hmm. several other characters will comment on it if you have trouble remembering which day. Mm-hmm. And so he'll he'll be um, he, like once a week he'll get drunk at the bar and then head home and forget to lock his front door. Mm-hmm. So just follow him in after that and talk to him. Yeah, I remember like I I was wandering around and of course I was doing the RPG thing that the game is like laser focused on and I tried going into the back of the bakery and he's like what the heck are you doing <laughs> yeah and um, have you been showing the king's um, business card to everybody yeah yeah okay good did you show it to the bird uh yeah okay because that, that's a major plot point and you need to yeah he talked about like uh was that the thing that prompted him to talk about like how he had heard about how you were coming and why well, he'll, he'll talk to you about that anyway, but yeah. um, if you show the card to the bird, then the bird will comment, oh, hey, there's writing on the back here. And oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, because I did do that. I did do that oh, bit. Oh, yeah, you were talking about trying to meet the king after dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that would have been part of that there. Yeah. 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 So that's been, that's been pretty... I've, I've been enjoying that. It's very much... Uh, it's a game that, unless you have instructions, it's very, it's by design very hard to just, like, run through, because it's like a lot of it is just sort of observing what people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've been enjoying it. It's uh, very charming. Yeah, and... Hello? eventually get these uh, plates, or they look kind of like computer um, and some, you won't be able to decipher them until you get to the Dr. Hager's lab later in the game. Mm-hmm. 
but they include clues for several of the major in-game puzzles. Mm. Yeah, that seems important. Which is useful unless you want to use the tells you everything you didn't need to know walkthrough on GameFAQs. I'd really rather know. So. Yeah, so. That's, uh, that's what I've been playing for uh, in terms of what's interesting to remark on at the moment. But, yeah, I've been enjoying. Uh, and that's kind of it for things worth reporting on at the moment in terms of what I've been doing, so... Uh, there was one question in the comment section that was aimed almost specific, specifically at you, so I feel like we should hit that first. Uh, this is on the comments of episode 176. Uh, hello? Uh, hello? Hello? Hello, I just cut out for a moment. Oh, well then. Uh, so I did not I, hear what you were saying for the last minute or two. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it uh, doesn't matter at the moment. Uh, what I was going to say was that... Uh, since that was basically uh, all I could report on in terms of what I was playing, I thought we should hit one of these questions since it was aimed almost directly at you. Oh, yeah, that one. Okay, sure. Yeah, so this was from episode 176. It was asked by Dog Party, and they asked, uh, this one's probably only for Gaijin. What's your personal favorite Atlier game? Which one do you think uh, you had the most fun with? Hello? Me or my connection seems to work otherwise. Uh, Okay, we still there. Okay, um, oh, let's see. For a complete single package, I'd probably say Totori. Just it's um, got a, a good, good, strong, um, good central character, it's got a good character growth arc. It's got, um, at the time, it had the best battle system in the series. And uh, it was generally a very good game by itself. So the second Uh, or third Arland game? It was the second Arland game. Okay, okay. And then, um, let's see, for the best subset of the series, I'd probably say Dusk. That's what I've heard as well. Yeah. Just because, I mean, Dusk worked very well as a coherent world. It had an interesting setup. It definitely had some of the best combat in the series, and the series is not well known for its combat. (laughs) Um, Let's see. So, yeah, the Dusk trilogy as a whole, very good. Um, Ryza was um, a little... Ryza's a slow starter, but it's got an interesting approach to improvement through alchemy. Um, I liked a lot of the themes in the story. Um, probably could have done a few things better, but it's still an improvement over the Mysterious Trilogy. By a lot. Mm. But, you know, let's see. what Which one's good for the nostalgia factor here? Probably Atelier Marie Ellie Annis for Game Boy Advance. Oh, that's one of the, like, crossover ones. Um... Not really. It's um, I mean, it was a spin-off, yeah, by Ban- yeah. developed by Banpresto, so it's not an official mainline game, but it's mm. it's effectively the capstone of the Salberg series of the of the series or of the yeah. Atelier um, universe, and it works very well as that. And also, I picked it up for about fifteen hundred yen about three days before I got really sick with mono, 
and uh, I didn't have anything else to play for about three weeks. Good so I played through the game up. a lot. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Great music. Fell asleep to the music a few times. Uh, <laughs> so I've got some very positive memories of that game. Hmm. It's, I mean, it's net. There's nothing about it that's objectively better than any of the PlayStation games in the series. Actually, no, no, right. It is objectively better than some of the mysterious games on merit. It's better um, than some of the broken or half-baked ones. (laughs) uh, There were only two that were really broken. Yeah. yeah. Several half-baked. Yeah. 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 Uh... One day that uh, one day that Death Trilogy will go on sale on Switch, and I'll finally take the dive. Yeah, but not yet. Yeah, I mean, you don't really find a lot of uh, post singularity apocalyptic fantasy scenarios in RPGs. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that description. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wanted to make sure that we got to that. I might ask uh, Wheels of what he's played, but you know. Definitely not as uh, experienced with the series as you are. So, mm-hmm. but let's see, uh, I do want to hit this because it's just weird. Which is, uh, Strawberry Eggs came in with a question. Well, not really a question, but a clarification huh. of something. Yeah, I read that. Yes. Not a question, but rather an update to the situation with Ryoe Mikage, who the formerly missing CEO of Image Epoch. Uh-huh. Apparently established a new game development company in 2017, Mikage LLC. Really, really stretching it with that name. Really going for it. Uh-huh. Uh, only game they've released thus far is Criminal Girls X of all the Image Epoch IP to revive. Uh, yeah. Which is coming out in North America as Escape from Ashura. Uh, and they have two more games in development as well. Uh, and apparently, uh, he actually has done interviews explaining what on earth happened with Image Epoch, but I haven't had the chance to peruse these yet. Yep. And it's just, it's so much more fun to just imagine crazy stuff. Yeah, it, it loses the, it loses the, like, surreal element of CEO mysteriously disappeared. I'm glad the man is not actually dead or something, but at the same time, yeah. there was a certain fanciful joy to be able to say and then the CEO disappeared and no one knows what happened <laughs> Yeah, or to be a bit more classic and they were never heard from again yep basically but yeah looking at this uh, summary of events it seems like what killed Image Epoch is the same thing that kills every uh, like small to mid sized studio which is to say that they had a big project that got cancelled and suddenly had a lot of bills that they needed to pay and nothing to pay them with so, so yeah, so that's it's that's interesting. Always, uh, always good to get some more information on that. And for this last one in the comment section, this one I'll probably have to ask Wheels about later as well. But uh, this one's from Crawl. You are Victor von Frankenstein, taking your favorite elements from other games or series to make the perfect RPG. What do you take from uh, take from where? For simplicity's sake, I'll break it down as follows: graphics slash art style, music, battle system, world uh, building is in strength of setting, story, dungeon design, leveling system, including job skill unlocks, etc., is applicable. Oh boy, this is a you know, 
I actually did some challenges with wheels on the old Q&A column. About yeah, this. I remember these. And I'm just going to go with the one I had from back then, was to take the combat, um, the combat in general aesthetic of a Tales game, of a later Tales game, mm-hmm. and put it together with the setting and character designs of Princess Tomato and the Salad Kingdom. <laughs> have the entire, have everything in the world be sentient vegetables. All the characters. Oh, yeah, the main, your hero is a turnip. He's from the king, he's from the uh, former Republic of Lower Agraria, which is now a collapsed state because the of a potato blight that turned all the regional tubers into um, into kind of half mulched zombies. Oh, uh, God, that escalated quickly. Uh. Yeah, I mean, that was a couple year, couple like a decade in the past. All the other yeah. root vegetables in the area are surviving, um, but they are they're living on the sufferance of their neighbors um, who have always relied on their skills at dirt farming to provide food for the half the continent. But um, yeah, when the when the largest demographic or largest uh, segment of their population all died like that, it's a bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so I mean, they've got their allies in Upper Agraria, like the, uh, um, the, uh, like um, the bell peppers and things. The other vegetables are trying to help them out, but then you've got the aristocrats in Orchardia who are literally lording it high over the rest. And um, you've got the military junta in the leafy green Republic that's uh, declaring war on everyone and especially declaring war on the uh, banana Republic next door. I'm going to keep going with this. It's crazy. (laughs) And of course, uh, on the other side of the, on the other side of the sea, you've got the distant empire of Shoga the Shogat Empire. Hmm. Which it makes for a much better pun if you remember your Japanese imperial periods and also know that Shoga is ginger in Japanese. <laughs> Things like that. Shogunai. Yep. Yep. And Shogunai, yes. And of course you also have your obligatory religious element with the uh, with the holy sea. Which is not spelled S-E-E, it's just a C as in colander. Oh. <laughs> and um, with their... And with various um, splinter sects declaring that the, do, that the end of the world is at hand and the harvest shall begin. And you know what? The harvest is about to begin because the evil cows and goats are coming from outer space to take everything up for dinner. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> Yes. But yes, this is the kind of thing I come up with when I have nobody else around for a while and I'm really bored at night. And Yeah. <laughs> Over the course of multiple years, because the idea just comes, keeps coming back to me. Let's add a little bit more here or there. And yeah. Have the heroes yeah. fight an enemy idol music group called Akebia 48 or something like that. Wow. Oh. Have you ever seen an Akebia fruit? Uh, probably at least once, just but not in person. <laughs> yeah, they're these weird purple things with a very thick rind and uh, kind of a jelly-like inside with seeds. 
Yeah. Not, not half bad, but really, um, they're hard to find, even in Japan. They're very seasonal. And you're yeah. more likely to have one at a small local market because people know where to find the local stands of the vines. So, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. The only reason I ever had one was because a student parent brought a bag of them to share with everybody after class. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, they are Ekebi. Akebi. Yeah, okay. Or, um, and they are only found in Japan, which is why their scientific name is actually Akebia Akebia. <laughs> Completely based on the Japanese name. And I'm just thinking, you know what, let's just make them pop stars, the Akebi 48. So Apparently, uh, just looking this up online, apparently they qualify as invasive in certain parts of the eastern U.S. What, Akebia? Yeah. Curious who actually imported them long enough for them to become invasive. Akebia Kinata um, is a different version. Related one. <laughs> yeah. That would explain it. That would explain it. Still, very mm. strange. Oh, I mean, still, still, yeah. Okay, no, it's it is edible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's a little different version from the one I have. I. I'm trying yeah. to think. Seems to be kind of small. Yeah, that seems to be. There we go. Akebia, five species of flowering plants. Okay. Yeah. As for what I would throw uh, in never here. Mind. It is the same species that I ate. Okay. Never mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Like, I've never heard of anyone actually harvesting such a thing in the U.S. So I'm curious how like, it managed to even become qualify as invasive anywhere. I don't know. It may have come in at the same time as kudzu. Yeah, yeah. Might have to look up, look this up more later just to sate my own curiosity. But, yeah, so... Uh, as for what I would throw out uh i'm not gonna get as granular as the question asked which is probably fine i, I doubt that, that was strictly required but i'd probably yeah. be taking like the combat of the ff7 remake and slapping it into something that has the look and style of something like a jet set radio ha That'd be fun. and the music i'm gonna go with the music too <laughs> oh yeah you gotta have the music with that yeah it's, uh, that was a very, that's an aesthetic that always spoke to me, and there's basically nothing like it, but I also feel like you, you can find things that are related to it, definitely, but, uh, and I realize in part that I'm half describing a slightly mucked up version of World Ends with you, but still. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's kind of like a stylistic dream of mine. Yep. So. Yeah, that's that's uh, the that's the that's the questions that we got in the comments. Uh, I did want to ask how much you had uh, paid attention to the game news over the past couple of days. Um, it's I've heard that I think I saw Final Fantasy sixteen has been implied to exist. Oh, uh, they showed a trailer for it. Cool, and um. Buh, 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 buh. There's the 35th anniversary thing for Super Mario Brothers, which I'm still not sure if I'm going to get. Um, 
I and, had to. It was the law. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know which games are in it. It is sixty four Sunshine and Galaxy. You know, I I've only played one of those, so I'm, I probably should. How much is that? That's a full price retail release in the U.S. I don't know about Japan, but probably the same. Yeah. Uh, physical or digital? Uh, physical and digital seem to be about the same. You know, I mean, if there's a physical at all, I may just wait to get it later. There is a physical. They're claiming that it'll disappear after March, so... I mean, the downloadable, yeah, I mean, the physicals, they're not going to just... Yeah, you're, you're just thinking of, like, waiting and seeing if it, uh, get... Waiting and seeing if you can pick it up in a used shop. Yeah, I mean, I doubt, I doubt that the price is going to be going down much over the course of the next ten years, but at the same time, I can... It's easier for me to budget around getting it if I'm really that interested. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Plus, I don't have to worry about... Um, I mean, my Switch still doesn't actually have a memory card. Um, <laughs> so I probably should get one of those sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get a decently sized one for pretty cheap at this point. So, And uh, it was weird that this morning they announced what'll probably be Japan's best-selling game next year. Barring something really coming out of nowhere with like, uh, like something like an Animal Crossing did, but uh, uh, there's no way to predict anything like Animal Crossing. But what is it now? Uh, it's Monster Hunter Rise. It's a new Switch exclusive Monster Hunter. Oh, okay, cool. I saw there was like they're talking about Monster Hunter Stories too. Yeah, they announced Monster Hunter Stories two and Monster Hunter Rise at the same time. Hmm. But. This one, I mean, it, it's probably something I'm going to have to sit through wheels talking about for like 20 minutes. But I mean, as yeah. someone who doesn't really play Monster Hunter, it looked pretty cool. So, yeah. So yeah, I will leave you two to <laughs> to deal with the fallout of that. Well, I mean, I will leave it up to you to deal with him talking the hell out of it later. Yeah. And of course, Sony finally gave a release date and price for the PlayStation Five, and that release that release date is November, and that price is oh, oh, sweet Jesus. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm have no interest in getting another PlayStation. That's fair, but I figured we should go down the lines line before Wheels gets here. We've got a new game over here called Magrim Lord. Never heard of that. See uh, who's this thing by? Let me get to the end of the the Dengeki article here. Oh, it's uh, it's being published by D three. Hmm. It's an action RPG coming out sometime this winter. D three is one of those publishers that you can still like reliably not hear about as much in the U.S. So yeah, mainly because they publish mostly visual novels. So that's yep. why I'm surprised to see this. Yeah, that seems a little out of step for them. But I think I heard about this. It's actually being developed by somebody else, but it's in cooperation with D3. It's like D3 yeah. is helping some, another studio here. But yeah, I mean, it looks, I mean, at first glance, it looks like something from Nipponichi. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. There was a, there was one other. Oh, yeah, and there's Disgaea 6. Yes. Yeah, Disgaea 6, which is coming to PS4 and Switch in Japan, but only the Switch in the West, seemingly. Yeah, I am curious what changed hands to cause that. Um, the realization that by the time they could get it translated and over here, over to America, the PS6 or the next PlayStation yeah. would be out. That might have something to do with it. It's due out summer of next year, 
but I feel like it's also one of those things where it feels like uh, it feels like there must be some sort of uh, handshake deal about it because when because they did get Miss America to acknowledge that another version might exist somewhere. But all uh, they said is, at this time, we don't have further comments on whether this title will release on other platforms outside of Switch. Yeah, so, that's... Eh. Yeah, some sort of handshake deal happened. I'm surprised... It was it was a surprise to see it announced. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a surprise to see they finally ditched the sprites. <laughs> Bit of a shame, probably cheaper, probably more sustainable. Yep. Yeah, so good to see that uh, Nipponichi is not uh, about to go bankrupt. So, I mean, they probably aren't doing great, but they aren't as bad as they once were, which is. Yep. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Game looked cute. Uh, just felt worth mentioning. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Anything else I can find on Dengeki here? It's getting harder to re- get through a lot of the smartphone stuff. Too much oh, it's been like that for a while, now, I guess. But uh. okay, let's just click on Nintendo and see what we got here. <laughs> Less smartphone there. And Magrim Lord, Mercenaries Blaze. Well, I'm not sure what that is. Mercenaries Blaze. What have we got here? It's come on. Information. There's no information. Oh, never mind. Ride on. Okay. It's not what I've heard from in a while. Uh, fire. Oh, fire emblem. One of the one of the old classic fire emblems. Oh yeah, it's got put on. It's being put on the uh, the SNES online package you get if you have Switch online. Yep. I assume it's probably like the first Super Nintendo one, but I didn't actually look. It is. Um, let's see. Monsho no Nazo. Mystery of the Emblem? Yeah. Let's see, we've got Seven Knights here. That does remind me that they're uh, localized, not localizing, but they're just putting the unlocalized Mario Picross on uh, Switch mm-hmm. Online in the West. Still don't know how Picross works. Maybe I'll try that version. <laughs> oh crap! Okay, am I back now? It sounds like it. Yeah. Good. Having some uh, some real luck. Okay. Okay. Well, I was looking at something here. What was this? Oh come on, Dinkiki's is not doing anything now. There we go. Back. A game called Seven Nights Time Wanderer. Hmm. One haven't seen this one before. Net Marble. Okay. I don't think I've ever okay, even so, heard of that company. <laughs> yep. Anyway, yeah, before my internet connection dies again, <laughs> what do we got going on here? Um, okay. Okay. So, do we have any more questions? Uh, they would be in the Discord, so I'll go check that. Okay. Doesn't look like anyone's asked in the podcast section of Discord. Debate. See. Got cursed about the Metal Max translation a while ago. Uh, what was the last? This was from Kroll. Question: What was the last game you started with subtitles or English dub, but ended up switching to the other option? 
bonus points if it wasn't Trials of Mana. I would imagine that this is not something that's relevant to you very often. <laughs> not really, no. As for me, I basically just never swap. Like, it, it just never really... I've never been bothered enough by a dub or a sub to want to go in and switch, so... Mm. I'll ask Wheels about that later. Um, okay, there's one more... Uh, Salvo from Fire Miner that we can probably hit a couple of. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much is the how much uh, is your enjoyment of a typical JRPG tied to its narrative? In other words, are there a lot of cases for New Game Plus and optional second bosses? I, I would imagine that means like, would you just keep playing even if the narrative is resolved and you don't have anything in that to uh, keep carrying you through? Eh. Um, I have at times, but usually not for too long. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, it's a very exceptional game that does that. Uh, Grandia does that, I, for some reason, did all of those, uh, all the bonus dungeons and that. Uh, Chrono Trigger has the unique capacity to do that, although that's because it also has a bunch of endings, so... Yes. That's still kind of the narrative pulling you along. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I'm going to be going back to Moon to uh, get the last few bits of love at some point. Well, no, then you just want to make everyone in the game happy. It's important. Yes. Well, that one of these involves just beating a really annoying minigame. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, those would be my immediate uh, polls for that. Uh, there are a lot of games where, like, uh, there are a lot of RPGs where I'll replay them, but in the same way that I would reread a book, where it's like, the narrative is still the draw, I just kind of want to do it again. <laughs> but that's, uh, again, doesn't not really the case, the case being asked about, so... Doesn't I mean, quite. the closest I got was probably Pokemon Black 2 White 2, hmm. which had the an equivalent to achievements... And so I actually did, like, half of the single-type challenges for the final Oh, fights. wow. Yeah. I had fun just planning out which one, which Pokemon I would use and having complete... I mean, never using the same Pokemon twice for different teams. So... It's probably <sighs> the most I ever got out of a post-game experience in Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that one has a pretty robust uh, post-game, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Those would, so, be, those would be what I got. Let's uh, hit another one. Uh, in your opinion, one of the most no notable first-person dungeon crawlers made in the West in the last decade. Honestly, I'd probably expand this to in Japan as well, because it's a, it's a genre not known for notable entries. But uh, mm -hmm. as far as like ones I can think of, like the most I can think of is like Legend of Grimrock which is mildly interesting for being like it's a first person dungeon crawler that seems to be very like tile based like a wizardry but it is an action RPG so it's a very strange one but mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's about it for like ones I'm aware of that like struck me as particularly noticeable well, I mean, you could ask Wheels about this later, but Beyond the Labyrinth is technically a first-person dungeon crawl. Yeah, if we're expanding into Japanese ones, Beyond the Labyrinth, oh, I'm going to have to... 
finally set set up a way to play that, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, well, once I've got. Oh, sorry. He did say first person. I, w- I was thinking of the next question down. Are there any big changes made to the Je- by the Japanese to wizardry that differed them from the classical titles? I mean, so. Yeah, that's that's also a a big question, but that's that's very specifically about the wizardry franchise, which is a little more. Uh, yeah, but um, one thing you could say is that the later wizardry games from Japan are probably better balanced than oh, the original wizardry games. Yeah. I remember, like, I was reading, like, a a blog that was just going down a bunch of Wizardry games. This was written by, like, a first-person RPG superfan that was just, like, reviewing all of them. And I remember they were talking about, uh, like, the... Even as of, like, the Super Nintendo, the Wizardries of that uh, era are much more friendly, but also still incredibly traditional in a way that... Uh, like wizardry was starting to try to move away from and having problems by doing so. The other thing that they said in that blog, I'll need to find a link to it because it was actually fairly interesting, but they mentioned that the jokiness of wizardry didn't seem to have really translated to Japan. Probably not. And so they were so like the thing that they were taking note of when they were playing like these Japanese wizardry games was that they were more straight-faced than Wizardry was, where Wizardry, in its original incarnation, was clearly the product of a couple of nerds making, like, a and d style RPG, but, like, when you get a bunch of nerds playing D&D, they make a lot of weird jokes. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really translate to the Japanese version, so the Wizardries that came out of Japan tended to be a, a more straight-faced fantasy. It does remind me that for some reason I, like, me and a couple of friends were watching, like, not not in the same place, obviously, but me and a couple of friends were watching uh, the Wizardry OVA that existed in Japan. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is slavishly devoted to maintaining wizardry mechanics. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's a very, very odd experience are direct parodies of wizardry. What was that? You cut off before the first part. Uh, before the yeah. last part. Sorry. Yeah, um, I mean, any any manga in this country that has the word dungeon in the title yeah. is going to be at least partially a parody of wizardry. That's fair. That's fair. At least partially, perhaps mostly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the archetypal like dungeon crawl as far as uh, it exists in Japan. Yeah. I mean, it, you even get to the point, like, I know I've said this before, but hey, Class of Heroes was supposed to be a wizardry game, except the company couldn't get the license, so they just made it something different. I did have the uh, the truly beautiful uh, revelation while looking into wizardry as a consequence of looking at this blog to find out that uh, the... Two of the founders, uh, well, I'm not sure if they founded Sirtec or if they were just involved. I think they they were founders of Sirtec, but they left after, like, Wizardry 5 or whatever. And what they went off to do, they went off to found, like, an anime localization company. Really? They founded Animego, which was a company with some degree of prominence in the late 90s, early aughts. Hmm. But 
uh, I guess like North American audiences would probably have known them. Like, I don't know if they were the first licensor of this, but North American anime fans would probably know them as a licensor on Bubblegum Crisis. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Some of these, uh, some of these are just like reading these titles is like being fired back into the 90s anime fandom. I'm not convinced that anyone's thought about writing Bean since, but... Which one? Writing Bean. It's from, like, the Gunsmith Cats guy, which I don't think anyone remembers other than people who were caring about anime in the 90s and early aughts. Yeah, I don't even remember that one. Weird. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very clearly made by a man who was, like, deeply horny about guns and ladies and wanted to draw as much of that and car chases as possible. That sounds so. like several mangaka from the mid-90s. Yeah, but this is the one whose stuff got localized, so, because it was probably cheap enough, so. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see... But yeah, that was, that was just very amusing to me. It's like, well, they were done they were done making wizardry games, and now it was time to move on to a new chapter of making sure that random anime got licensed. Also, a bunch of samurai films. A lot of samurai films. Uh-huh. Gotta, gotta do what's important. They used to... Oh, okay. I found some of the other things that they uh, licensed at one time, but have lost the license to... Some of these are actually fairly fairly big titles. Arcadia of My Youth. Uh, let's see. Uh, this one was big in the North American anime fandom in the 90s. Oh My Goddess. They apparently I remember one, Oh My Goddess. They apparently at one point had the Urusei Yatsura rights, which is... Major, actually. Yeah, like, that one's huge, although they missed, like, at least what's in the Western fandom considered kind of the crown jewel of it, Urusei Yatsura 2, Beautiful Dreamer. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Yawara, fashionable judo girl, which is prob feels like it's probably like one of those situations where it was probably well known at the time, but I feel like its author is probably more known for other things at this point. Who is the author? Uh, Naoki Urasawa. Mm, he was. Okay. See, what did he do? I I know his name very well, but I'm trying to remember what precisely he did. See, aside from that, he did 20th Century Boys, Pluto, Monster. Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah. He did a lot of other stuff, yes. Yeah. 20th Century Boys was huge. I've always heard that that was, and I've seen it a few times, but I've never actually sat down and read it. It's kind of weird. It's, I've um, heard it gets it's weird and gets weirder as it goes on. Yes. But it's basically about a guy who has decided to cause the end of the world, and... The actual the actual protagonists are his old childhood friends who are trying to remember who the heck he was because they because of all these crazy things that are happening that mirror stuff that they remember from an old journal that they kept about planning. Mm. That's a cute conceit, at least, yeah. and I'm sure it gets weird. And yeah. then after oh, it gets very weird. After finishing 20th Century Boys, he just decided he hadn't been weird enough and made Billy Bat, which I've never read, but I've read a lot about. <laughs> and it's one of the weirdest things I've ever read. Yeah, Billy Bat. Okay, I have heard of that one. I've se Actually, I've seen it in the stores. It's ongoing. 
It's a sort of a vigilante manga. Yeah, apparently, it, I think it might have just finally finished recently. Yeah, it seems to have finished in like 2018. Uh, but just like this is like every time I read about this, it sounds like a fake story because it always involves like, and then like it goes back in time and it's like, there's a bit about Jesus and Judas is carry out and Lee Harvey Oswald. And it's just like, what the, what happened? That, um, somebody was stuck in the late nineties, Gnosticism period of Japanese manga. I guess, but I guess it just never moved on from it. Cause that, it got weird. It always gets weird. I mean, um, Kamisama no Yutori. Ever hear of that one? Uh, I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about it. It's about a... It's about... about oh, hell. Of all the times to disappear. Uh, yeah. No, okay, I just... Half okay, of, you're back. Um, they got half of the class there. The other cla- ha- other half's playing hooky. Hmm. And it's gone. But they Daruma statue. I Hello? only heard the very end of that about the Daruma statue. Yeah, uh, the manga starts off with their teacher exploding. Wow, okay, well, that's a, that's a start. And so they're being held hostage by a god in the form of a Daruma statue, and they have to go through increasingly arbitrary games and tasks, and if they fail anything or fail to do exactly what the statue tells them to do, then they die. That sounds unsettling. And then there's the second series of the story, which involves all of the students who played hooky that day getting locked in a different spot and having to do the same thing. Lovely. And as it turns out, the entire world is a simulation being run by a quantum supercomputer 50,000 years in the future and being managed by the last remaining human consciousness who has gotten so bored with existence that she has given, like root access rights to some random crazy guy in Tokyo who has decided to make himself look like a Daruma and torture people who he thinks deserve it. Well, okay then. That that is a lot. Don't... So yeah, this is this is not really specifically weirdness for Billy Bat or that got the uh manga kind in particular. It is simply Japanese bizarro Gnosticism. Yeah, it's just and, that a lot of that sort of went by the wayside and still a few people going at it. Yeah, it did not necessarily go by the wayside. This is a key component to a lot of different light novel series. That explained it too, yeah. I mean, when I was playing through Cross of Venus and reading up on some of the series that were included in it, mm-hmm. half the series somehow ended up with the protagonist transcending existence, rewriting reality, and or becoming God. Listen, there's nowhere to go. For, there's nowhere to go from there. That's that's how you prove that your series is over. <laughs> Yes. And it's like, I'm not sure how it escalated to this point on this series and this series and this other series. It kept escalating here for some reason. It's just, it's, that's the end game for any Japanese series. Eventually the power level escalates to cosmic and you end up with a Gnostic situation um, where you are either taking, destroying the Demiurge or becoming the Demiurge. Or possibly both. At the same time, yes. Yeah. Uh, looking at this, the last... 
the last license here that they had that sticks out to me. I'm just I'm just thinking at this point about all the anime that was localized by the frickin'. <laughs> that was like localized as a consequence of people st- deciding that they were done making wizardry games. And the last one I guess I'll bring up is that they were apparently the company that was the first one to bring over Super Dimension Fortress Macross without cutting it together with two other TV shows. Yeah. So, what a time. What a time to be alive. Granted, the, the Robotech crossover, whatever, actually made one of those Macross series popular in Japan again. Is that Southern Cross, or was it most Southern Reality? Cross. Southern okay. Cross, one that wasn't actually finished. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is I read the novelizations of the Robotech series, and it actually was pretty good as a novel series because it was easier to gloss over the parts that should not have fit together. Yeah, you can just sort of write around the fact that you have different source material, whereas, like, you look at the animation, it's like, this animation's just different. Yeah. Uh, That does remind me of watching uh, the OVA that got... uh, bafflingly spliced together with random Southern Cross footage to make uh, to make Robotech the movie and that's a that's a very strange OVA uh, Megazone yeah. 2-3 which is normally it, it's pretty typical in most ways except for the fact that like the degree to which it ran out of money and has no ending is just incredible <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is what it is, and what it is is a relic well, of a time, but nobody wants to revisit. We're out of money to buy cells, so the show's over. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So. Yeah, I uh, just needed to crawl down that hole and get confused by it, so... Ex- uh, excuse me, audience, I had to. Uh yeah, those are we we've in a sidelong way answered are there any big changes made by the Japanese to wizardry that differ from the classic titles. Uh, yeah. We we somehow answered it. <laughs> For farming simulator and crafting games, both Minecraft and Atelier varieties, should the combat be made easy so as not to be a distraction to the crafting, farming, management, relationship building, etc. I mean probably it depends upon how much you're using combat to modulate, like, resource gathering. I mean, the Atelier series started off about as battle or combat light as could possibly be. Yeah. I mean... I've only ever re- looked at footage of this first couple, but it's, uh... I mean, it took... it, Not counting the spin-off games, it took one, two, three, four, five, six iterations before you actually got anything resembling a final boss. <laughs> not what you're here for yeah i mean even then you didn't really i mean even then that was because um the iris games were specifically designed to be more like regular mainstream jrpgs yeah it seemed like those were designed to try to increase the series profile by being more normal yeah and then you went back to arland which i mean rorona again does not have a final boss Totori technically has a final boss in the post-game for her story. Um, I don't remember about Maruru, but... Yeah. Mm. And so, the Dusk trilogy is the, really the first ones that of the main... Of the real... Whatever... Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. The ones that don't feel like they're compromised in order to have a final boss. 
There we go. That's the best way to put it, yes. I mean, yeah. your average Italia game, it has a goal. It doesn't have a boss. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes them charming. Yeah. Never change. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Atelier has never been an IP that relied strongly on its combat system. It's just, it's nice when it has one. Yeah. So, and the, and um, Arland and Dusk trilogies did a surprisingly good job at including one. Mm. More than we would have expected. This does, however, remind me that uh, among the things shown today was they actually finally showed Rune Factory 5. Hmm. Okay. There's another good one. Minecraft's an odd one to include on this question, though, because Minecraft has always been about fending off zombies while gathering stuff. It's at least, like, nominally a survival game. It's just a game that's freeform enough that you can play it other ways. Yeah. So. Uh, but, I mean, if you completely take the combat of Atelier, you get something like um, Tristea in the Blue Sea, which is actually an adventure game. And it's not... It wasn't terribly interesting, to be honest. I feel like you run into the issue of, like, if you don't have anything like combat... It becomes difficult to like incentivize crafting to begin with. It's not really in many much ways. Yes, unless you're unless you're running it as a very strong and pure shop simulator. Yeah, like uh, you have to get into like receteer territory. Oh no, I was thinking even more than that. There was a DS game called The Alchemist of Limuol mm -hmm. that was nothing but shop sim. I mean, it would have been almost an Atelier game, except it was nothing but shop sim. Interesting. I mean, yeah, that's not was, a bad idea, but yeah, yeah, like you need you need something to incentivize that crafting. Crafting, like otherwise, you're just making, you're just finding things to make, to fill out a checklist of items. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, there, I mean, shop simulation is its own subgenre in Japan, and so it really fits yeah. in well with some of that. But if you're, but unless you're really into that, you do need something to help pull things through and. A bit of adventure while gathering items really helps. Yeah. And it, like, fits in nicely with the idea of, like, well, you're getting in combat both for resources and as something that blocks you from resources. So Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, that, that would be uh, the thought process, is that the combat needs to exist to incentivize the crafting system rather than, like, overwrite it as a goal. Uh, mm -hmm. Simple is generally uh, not not necessarily simple, but like it it needs to remain a secondary focus for the most part. Let's see. I mean, that's kind of what makes them what they are, Meister games. Yeah, yeah. And another one from Fireminer. Uh, which IP would Sega? Uh, do you think Sega will try to make a mobile phone game out of next? Within months, we've got a new Fantasy Star Online and Soccer Wars mobile spinoffs. Uh, I would imagine at this point we'll probably be they'll probably be uh, waiting on it a little while to let the to see how those shake out. But I mean, they got a lot of IP that they don't do much with. That they could try it with. But in conclusion, I want to see the unbridled abomination that would be a Shinobi gotcha game. Shinobi. Uh, like Super Shinobi, Revenge of Shinobi, yeah, yeah. Shadow Dancer, those ones. 
It would it would probably make me really angry if it actually happened because the idea is that it doesn't make any sense and it's desecrating the corpse of a once proud franchise. But also, it would be that's very what game funny. developers do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what publishers do anyway. Publishers, yeah. Sega's meanwhile, like Sega is already just monkeys. This wasn't really Sega, but uh, well, they're it's Sega Jason. There's there's been a very strange monkey's paw going on with Sega reviving something very old recently. It was uh, M2 announced one of their shooter collections in the in their Shoe Trigger line uh-huh. uh, for some of the really old Alest shooters, which uh, uh-huh. were made by Compile way back in the day. Oh, uh, so uh, the. They they announced a collection of four of them, mm-hmm. and they're both they're all the Master System and Game Gear ones, and it's like, oh, those ones, <laughs> not any of the like sixteen bit ones that are, like more beloved. No, just like half of this is Game Gear games. Okay, well, oh, but don't worry, you can get a Game Gear Micro and play them on that unaware yeah. of the size of a Game Gear Micro, I fully recommend you look it up and see how impossible that would be. <laughs> Tiny, huh? It's, uh... Lives up to its name? Yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way. They were not originally supposed to actually be functional. They were originally just keychains, basically. But someone decided it would be cute if they played games. So they'd play games? Yeah. They, they're... But they're still keychain sized. It's ridiculous. It's it's a like trying to actually play a game on them seems like punishment for a crime you weren't aware you committed. <laughs> Ooh. Not good. But yeah. Uh as for actual franchises, I could see them pulling out of the grave to make into mobile spin-offs. I'm not sure how many franchises they have left that have enough cachet to actually do it with. I feel like a mobile Sega Gaga would would be very amusing, but I don't think they're going to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm just going down a list of like really bad ideas. Mobile Room Mania, Room 203. <laughs> uh... I'm sure there's a market for a mobile Seaman 3. Or at least room for jokes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, wasn't Seaman a, a joke character on um, from South Park? Uh, it probably was such a thing, but... Oh, yeah, it was yeah, one of their... Um, like, one of their uh, Justice League joke episodes. Oh, they had Seaman and his sidekick Swallow. Really going for it. Really going for it. Oh, you know that they had to. Yeah. Right. I mean, they didn't really have to, but they needed... They it was the 1990s, and everyone was going to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying to think of, like, other franchises they legally own. Uh, yeah, screw it. Just do, do a mobile spinoff of Three Dirty Dwarves and see if anyone realizes that franchise existed at one point. And by franchises, I mean dwarves. one video game, but yes. Sega three Saturn dirty, beat him up three dirty dwarves. Three dirty dwarves. Yeah, just an awful name. Just the worst possible name. 
It sounds like um, some random porn. It does, doesn't it? It's not, thankfully. Yeah. There is there is random porn on the Saturn in Japan, but this isn't it. <laughs> but yeah, very very confused project uh, product. Uh, bad beat 'em up. 1996 was a hell of a time. Oh, here's something that they might actually do, and we'll all be for for it if they haven't already done it, because I know there have been mobile games in this franchise. Shining Force. Ah. I'm sure there must be like. So I know there are mobile Shining Force games, but I'm sure there must be like a bad Shining Force gotcha that would make me very sad if I saw it. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. But yeah, that, that would be my actual like no jokes guess if they were to continue down this path. Like I would expect Shining Force to show up. That's about the only one that they could expect to sell. Yeah, like in terms of franchises that have enough of a legacy to actually like bait nostalgia as well as like they still give they still kind of have kept a profile on it's kind of mm -hmm. that's kind of it i guess maybe they can cross over like that in valkyria <laughs> yeah don't want to run us entirely out of fire miner questions because they've been very helpful but maybe one more of these since it's uh since it's an interesting question to me. Speaking of soccer wars, when a franchise like it or Castlevania or Dragon Quest is too tied to its aesthetic, uh, is there does that mean that every iteration must have a lot of visual similarities? I would assume that means, like, do you think there's room for ways to branch out? How big of a wiggle room can the visual designers have? For example, unless Akira Toriyama is dead or unable to draw, I can't imagine Square Enix hiring anyone else to design characters for Dragon Quest. I mean, Toriyama oh. also has like an army of assistants. Which I was, uh, was going to say, um, I can think of three different manga series with the name Dragon Quest that were not drawn by Toriyama but look like they could have been. Uh, because speaking of Dino Daibokan. That's one of them, yeah. Um, Legend of Abel, which was also the anime, Dino Daibokan, and um, uh, what was it? Uh, Emblem of Loto. Yeah, they also have the other option of the Dragon Ball Super manga isn't drawn by Toriyama either, but yeah. evidently sure looks like it. <laughs> I was going to say, um, it's just that Toriyama's style or his, his manga are so iconic in this country now that they actually have a small dedicated subset of the mangaka industry copying it. Yeah. So he is his own style in the industry. Toriyama is an industry unto himself at this point. Yes. So um, I would be more concerned if Yuri Hoji was to die. Because that would be a bigger blow to the series than Toriyama. Oh, Yuji Hori, okay. Yeah. Oh, Yuji Hori, yeah. Yeah, like, when, when Hori is gone, like, I don't know quite how the series carries on, because he's so much the the voice of Soul. it. Yeah. And I don't know that that's really imitable. I'm sure they'll try, but I'm not sure how yeah. well it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, I mean, for other games, there are a lot of series that were sold on a particular aesthetic, and later artists for the series just worked with it. Or yeah. worked from it. Like um, Atelier Marie, the first Atelier game, had a famous mangaka as its illustrator and character designer. Mm -hmm. 
and that was it was one of only three games that this artist ever worked on as um as a character designer mm-hmm. but her work on Marie set the tone for the entire series so far yeah I mean you can see a progression of style from Marie to the present especially yeah. if you play Nelki and you get to see all of them <laughs> which I, th- I think yeah when I was when I did the impression of Nelki my comment was it has an entire anime convention's worth of cosplay material <laughs> I think All that, in one place. I think that does touch on the other part of the question of like how you develop wiggle room in that case, and I think the answer is slowly. <laughs> yeah, but also it's just, I mean, you don't make it too strict on yeah. it. Um, you, it's like this is the style. Yeah, as long as you keep the mood and tone, I think people will accept other things. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean... No, if you, if you take a look at Marie and you take a look at Ellie as the games and their art and characters, mm-hmm. and you tell me or tell someone that, no, they were made by completely different artists, you would probably disagree. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, another one that sticks out to me is that uh, to a lesser extent on 2 and from 3 on especially, Persona is very defined by... The art direction and char- like the art direction and character designs by Shigenori so- Soyajima, and I think that like any any future game would kind of either have to break the series aesthetic entirely, or t- like if he were to stop, strictly kind of follow the style that they've set before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of like trying to think of other ones that are like this. Mm-hmm. In the case of Sakura Wars, it is a very '90s anime style. Yeah, and like it was very, it was fairly modern at the time, and now it's just like a super throwback. <laughs> yep, and there are plenty of artists from that period who are still alive and kicking, and so it's not really much of an issue to be able to emulate it properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like it's it's at this point like it, it's one of those things where. They could probably try to change its art style, but it, it would not be fruitful at all to even try that hard because it's like, okay, well, you made a new style, but at that point, you might as well just make a new game entirely because, like, so much of it is wrapped up in, at this point, like a sort of nostalgia for the, like, very 90s of the style. Yeah. Like, down to the way that the game is set up is very much like a, like, 90s like dating sim harem comedy even if it doesn't really go full harem it's still the same idea Uh, it is very much that type yes yeah so like at that point it's like if you started to change it aesthetically you might as well just throw the whole thing out and start again because if you if you called it soccer awards people would just kind of get mad about it that would be yeah Uh, those are those are the quick thoughts there. Uh, I was hoping that Wheels would eventually uh, come back in. I'm not sure how much longer before you have to tag out. Uh, I've got about at max 10 minutes before I need to be out the door. Okay, you should probably do some plugging and then I can worry about Wheels tagging oh. in later. Oh, sure. Oops, almost forgot. Yes. Uh, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yarimizu, Y A R I M I Z U, on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Yes, 
I keep forgetting to do that. So um, nine episodes so far, working on more, having fun, crazy, crazy tabletop gaming shenanigans, based, based on true stories in a few cases. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Yeah. True story adjacent. So yeah, that's uh, that's always available. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's other things you're working on, but nothing that's uh, pluggable at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So otherwise, uh, like I'm, I'm sure that man wheels will. I'll, I'll have to sit through some Monster Hunter Rise regardless. So I'm sure that I don't have to put a uh, instruction on when to. When and where to comment to question, but just in case, questions go in the podcast section of the RP Gamer Discord, which you can join. Enjoy, you can join and enjoy at some, like right now for free. Uh, you can also put them in the comment section of this very podcast or the previous one. I'll probably check the last two just to be safe. I was going to say the previous podcast just went up like five hours ago. Yeah, yeah. I was when I, when we were starting this call, I looked at the and I was like, oh, come on, <laughs> like we, we all put it up like a couple hours right ago today. It was still the top of the news feed. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's about it until since we don't really have time to hit another question. Okay. Well have wheels cut out the dead time soon yeah yeah uh and probably a bit of dead time while uh you and me try to work out whether your internet's died again a few times so i'll make sure he listens yeah. To it. <laughs> yeah it's kind of annoying that hasn't happened recently yeah it's been forever it took me a while to realize what is happening yeah i mean i've got just enough background noise off of your end of the call to realize that wait a moment something's wrong i can't hear the sound of a low quality fan <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you for having it at least, because I mean, for a while there, it was kind of getting paranoid at times. <laughs> uh, who knows how much longer it'll be this way? Ooh. Okay, that is not what I. Okay, just a moment. So, yeah. So, I guess uh, this is about to go quiet for a minute, and hopefully, Wheels will know to uh, clip it out, and I guess I'll see you. <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. Get okay, back. Ah, oh, wheels. You're gonna have to cut around some things. So that's okay. Mostly just like Gaijin's connection briefly messing up, and me and him basically just being like, "Hello, hello." Well, so. also I noticed though I mute muted myself on the call. I didn't turn off the auto capture in OBS, so it may <laughs> pick. I may have to edit out some baby crying in there too. So. Okay. Well, we certainly didn't hear it on the call, but. No, you wouldn't have, because Skype yeah. was muted, but... Oh, but OBS was not. Yeah, okay. OBS doesn't actually record my input in the Skype call. It just records, records directly from the microphone. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll see. This will be fun. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, talk, about, let's talk about video games. Yeah, you want to talk about the news? Yeah, yeah. Get all that out of the way? I think that you'll have a lot more to say about it, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know if you. I think Gaijin would agree. <laughs> I don't think you cover. Did you cover any of it with Gaijin, or? I, I briefly went down it so that he was aware of what had happened, but. Okay. So, so yeah. 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 F- F- sixteen. 
FF16, yes. Uh, those rumors popped up pretty quickly, and then it was like, oh, okay, they're really announcing this. I'm, I wasn't surprised in the same way that, like, when they announced, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 and FF15 with the PS4, it was like, oh, you actually, like, you're serious about this. Whereas with this, it was like, okay, well, kind of expected it. Yeah. What was kind of surprising is, and I guess we'll talk about, like, how exactly it looks, but it looks farther along than we usually expect from a Final Fantasy. Like, we've been used to getting, oh, here's a... Here's a CD, CG trailer, and we'll see gameplay in maybe three years or so. To be fair, I think they might have been better off with the concept trailer, right? But yeah, probably. Like, there's there's bits of it that it's like, oh, this is probably gameplay. This looks rough. You shouldn't have shown it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Um, and I'm sure people have already seen around... Uh, this, this is being... Uh, the head people behind this are like Final Fantasy fourteen people. Yeah, which uh, Yoshi, Yoshi P producing. Naoki Yoshida is producing, and it's being directed by like a guy with a very strange rap sheet. Yeah, which includes the Last Remnant. Yeah, he was director on like the PC game. port of that. He was on like one of the romancing sagas. Like, honestly, that is much more interesting to me than Naoki Yoshida, because, yeah, like, I'm the not... So, so he huh? was director of the PC port? Yeah, as far as I can tell, that with what I could find. That was a really good PC port. <laughs> yeah, okay, Hiroshi Takai. Uh, it's, I believe, his name. Uh, he is not a name outside of his work on, like, FF14, I think, because I think he's, like, assistant director on several of those. Let's see, uh, yeah, he was a development supervisor on some of the expansions, assistant director on A Realm Reborn. Okay, directed Last Remnant, battle director on the Romancing Saga PS2 port. Yeah, he said uh, it's remake, I should it say. It says here he directed Last Remnant in general. Yeah, yeah, okay. like I had only found credits for the PC port, gotcha. so that was all I could say. But uh, Romancing Saga 3 Battle Effect Design. So he's been with Square for a very long time. But, like, for a very, you know, uh, it's it's just one of those, like, uh, yeah. It's one of those things where it's, like, his most prominent roles, like, are are interesting. Uh, And honestly, I would say, again, I'm more interested in his rap sheet than Yoshida. I think that FF14 is a cromulent video game. <laughs> it's very cromulent. Every time, like, this this is not the game's fault, but every time someone tries to, like, convince someone to play FF14, every time I watch this play out, it's like, it has a reference to this Final Fantasy you like, and it's like, but what does it do? Please. Please. Uh, I mean, I can tell you that if you really want. Yeah, I'm sure that, like, do tell. Like, what does it do that you think makes it specifically a unique take on Final Fantasy? Uh, I wouldn't call it a unique take. It, it's, okay. it's, <laughs> it's what I wanted Final Fantasy XI to be. Like, I know lots of people like Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy XI. I'm not one of them. Um, but I just To want... be fair, most people aren't one of them. Like, the FF11 had a hardcore fan base that seemingly had very little crossover with the yeah. FF fan base. But, I mean, what, what I always wanted out of the game was just, like, you know, give me the traditional Final Fantasy jobs and let me fight traditional Final Fantasy monsters. And it was kind of more its own thing, which is fine, you know? 
I'm not saying that that is the reason that is necessarily what makes it a bad game in my opinion. Um, yeah. Like I can't play FF14 because like people I've occasionally had people like, no, it's it's different from other MMOs. Play that game. It is just an MMO. Like it's a good one, probably. I can't tell. It, but it, it's it's an MMO. It is. It's the first one I've had fun like actually just playing by myself and going through the story, exploring and stuff. I mean, it, it has its own problems. Like, I won't ever try and play that on console. Annoying as hell. <laughs> MMOs are poorly suited to consoles. Yes. Um, um, but, um, yeah, it's it's got a nice look to it. The story is interesting. I suppose it gets much, 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 much better and more and, like, better organized once you get into the expansions, which uh, takes a while. But I hear they're, like, reworking original stuff basically what they've done is they've taken the bit so they they aren't reworking a realm reborn they've taken the bit that was between a realm reborn and what's the first expansion is it heaven's word that's heaven's right. word yeah heaven they've just taken like there were a bunch of quests you had to do that were just there so that the game would have content between the first and second expansion they just cut out a bunch of those yeah but like it's it's the best MMO I've ever played. I will say that. Yeah, I, I don't it's... like MMOs, so I'm like trying to approach it from like the position of what it does as like an individual object outside of being an MMO, and like that's really hard. That's an unfair right. task because you're decoupling things in ways. But like, it's it's when I'm trying to analyze how much should I care that it's the FF14 team, it's really hard for me to... Because I want to give... So I'm going I'm to contextualize why I'm doing this mental exercise. Yes. I want to give this game a fair chance. Sure. I think that trailer was kind of garbage. Um, you know, I find... Garbage is me being harsh, but I don't think it was very good. <laughs> it's, it's not to the level we've come to expect. I will say that. I don't even mean the art. I just mean the mood and tone of yeah. it. No, I, I've rewatched it a few times, and there's a lot of stuff. Oh, I did too, because I was trying to find things I liked. That looks really it's... cool. I, I like the music. I like. The... I didn't like the music at all. Like okay. it felt so overwrought to me. Like I know people like it seems to be by the FF14 composer. I know people really like him. It just felt so overwrought. Like it. It was just. It was so instantly into the Gregorian chant, and it was like you haven't earned this yet. Yeah, no, I want another trailer. Say what? Uh, I I want to see another trailer. Like I want. Yeah, I would. I would like another trailer that maybe showcases more of like what they're actually trying to do with it. There's there's some neat kind of neat story hooks, although I'm never huge when like the summons are the story. Yeah. Like I'm not. I, I've never been huge on that. Like that's this is gonna probably showcase like my personal biases because like. FF6 isn't one of my favorites, and that the summons aren't the story there, but they're a huge part of it. It's always hard for me to, like, when it becomes about the gods, I stop caring as much. Yeah. And, like, FF6 does that a lot. Uh, like, I, I think that that's part of why I think FF13's story is a mess, although that has a lot of other problems. Like, FF13 is a game carried by its characters, its plotting is a problem, but yeah, like there, there are things I liked in that trailer, but every time I think about it, I come back to the bit where it's like the, the camera is zooming in on this child and like 
someone's getting like ruthlessly stabbed in front of him and blood just splashes across his face and it's like yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. This is type zero all over again. <laughs> well Which let's... isn't fair, but it no. just it reminds me of it like all I could think of it was like getting a Vietnam flashback, except I was just looking at the opening cinematic of Type Zero, where they're trying to prove that this is your hardcore Final Fantasy, and the way they're proving that is they're chopping a Chocobo's head off. Yeah. And it's just like... <sighs> and it could really be good. Like, I, I'm fully committed to playing this game, but it was not a trailer that I cared for. Yeah, it's it's not like the first Final Fantasy VII remake game gameplay trailer where it's like I want to play oh, this game. Oh, everything's in place. Yes. I want to play this game immediately. Give it to me. Give it to me now. And this is like, like... I am already sold on the direction this has chosen whereas in 16's case it's like I am very on the fence about what this is trying to be. It's also but... very dark, please. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was... Yeah. I... That was the other thing is that like FF14's character designs don't really speak to me and like there, there's been a lot of sort of unfair comparisons that oh it just looks like FFRS to FF14 it doesn't but it very much is in the art style of FF14 yeah and yeah that art style doesn't do much for me so yeah. no. well, it's one of those things like it, this was bound to happen I mean like I'm a obvious unabashed Nomura fan and those and so like 15 and seven remake are made for people like me and now that is over so it's one of those things where it's like okay this is for the 14 fans i wish the 14 fans would be less aggro about it but yeah i mean like i said that game's really good it pays homage to past final fantasies 15 and like it's got you can go to the golden saucer yeah that's one of those things where it's like this is an unfair thing but when you say like you can go to the golden saucer i'm like i don't want i want a new thing I want a new thing that reminds me of the Golden Saucer. I don't want to go to the Golden Saucer. <laughs> like, if it's a remake of FF7, it's like, okay, of course I'm going to go to the Golden Saucer. Right. But if it's, like, just in another game, it's like, no, please, make your own context. Well, yeah, I mean, it's his own Golden Saucer. but It's it's sort of like how oh, the, like people were like, oh, there's a Kefka's Tower Raid. And it's like, I don't want to fight Kefka. Yeah, I guess I should... I mean, then there's lots of other stuff. But, I mean, it it takes, like, those races they had in... Final Fantasy XI and kind of gives them lots of care. You love the Galka. Yeah, but it, it's it's a fully developed world with lots of care. The combat's like speed, relatively fun to play as far as MMO. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, and yeah, I, I've heard it's good. I I don't see the appeal. It's not for me. That's fine. It's I, I guess the way that the problem that I had, and I've been trying to figure out what it was, and like. This is probably an unfair assessment, but it's how it strikes me in my gut. Is that the things that I saw in the FF16 trailer, and that it that the things that I saw in it that really like harped on being Final Fantasy felt like they existed to assure you it was Final Fantasy. Yeah, and. The thing that I personally like about Final Fantasy is that it's always radically reinterpreting its iconography. Mm -hmm. Like the crystals, there are always crystals in these games, but they might not even be called crystals. Like, what are the crystals in FF7? They're the materia. Mm -hmm. And they're 
the entire game is built around the conflict around them, but they are not the game and they've been so radically reinterpreted. You can finish the game without ever thinking about that connection. And I, I like that kind of radical reinterpretation of what Final Fantasy is and can be. Whereas like the direction that they've shown for 16 feels more to me like we need to be a Final Fantasy-ass Final Fantasy game <laughs> in terms of aesthetic. And I feel like that tends to make the game feel much games feel much more aesthetically limited. And this is also unfair because we've seen so little of the game. Like, it yeah. might have a much more varied aesthetic than we've seen. But I'm just talking about what's in the trailer and yeah. why the trailer itself did not inspire me. But, like, yeah. I, I think that Final Fantasy, when it's pushing the limits of what's allowed in Final Fantasy, is its most interesting. Yeah, and the thing that kind of bothered me is that these games are generally, like, character-driven. Yeah. Like, the main characters. I don't couldn't even tell you what the name of the main character in this game is. I don't think they said it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, the, unless, we're, unless the child, the Phoenix child, is the main character, I don't think it was said. And that's led to a lot of people speculating about whether the main character even is predefined. I feel mm. like they showed him too much, the guy that I assume it is. I feel like they showed him too much for him not to be predefined. But, uh. That would be cool. It would be interesting. Uh... I'm not sure how I feel about FF trying to crib from Western RPGs from 12 years ago, but because <laughs> like even it like it couldn't be a fully customizable character. It would have to be like a late aughts Western RPG style. Yeah, you can change the change the look a bit, but you know they still have to fit within a mold because otherwise, like they showed that character aging. Yeah, which. Again, like you, they basically have to fit within a mold for that effect to work at all. So, I'm not sure how much I care for that in a Final Fantasy context to begin with. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of question marks about this, and a lot could change because, like, they showed a bit of combat. Big old air quotes. We don't. We we see fighting uh, that looks like combat, but there's only one character in it. Which is also weird because he's fighting endgame level enemies. Like, he's fighting a Marlboro. So, like, how do other... How do other characters work? Like, how does combat in general work? Like, the other thing that has people speculating about the combat is... One, it's obviously action-based. Like, obviously. But the combat director got poached from Capcom. And is a former person from, like... Devil May Cry, Dragon's Dogma, working at Capcom all the way back to like Marvel vs. Capcom. So, uh, I have a I have very mixed feelings about that in general. Because like I like Devil May Cry combat a lot. I don't think it fits Final Fantasy at all. Mm -mm. And I'm not sure how much you can simplify it while keeping it interesting. Because it needs to be simplified for non-hardcore action people, or else it just feels impossible. And, like, you, you've already seen the difficulty they had adjusting to that in, like, FF15 and FF7 Remake. Because, like, when FF15 was FF versus 13, it was a much more intricate action RPG was the plan. Like, that was, this was a thing that was mentioned by the game's first director, Tetsuya Nomura, who mentioned that originally you 
like th- this was there there was some interesting upheaval in the game's development but originally it was just a game where you played as Noctis he could change weapons and like he it played a lot like Kingdom Hearts and then when it became FF15 he was like it can't an FF game doesn't work if it's like this hardcore action. It needs to broaden its appeal. And like at the time, they were intending that you would be able to switch between characters. I can't remember if you can do that in the final game. Fifteen. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like at the time, there was an announcement when they made it fifteen, where it was like, yeah, the intention is that eventually you'll be able to switch to uh, the other characters in your party. And like that, eventually got dropped apparently at some point but or did they i I don't know (laughs) yeah like i don't remember like you noctis has the capacity to do everything so there's not really a need to switch to anyone else but i don't remember if it's possible anyway (laughs) but yeah uh so yeah 16 it's it's different but it feels like, there is a part of me that's, like, concerned that it's regressive in a way. Yeah. And, like, I, I hope to be proven wrong whenever they show it again. I would expect it's a 2022 game. I don't know. I have a, I have a feeling... Well, probably. Probably early 20... Yeah, that was that was what uh, noted uh, industry Nostradamus slash uh, independent news reporter Jason Trier was uh, predicting with early 2022. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I could see I could see like early 2022 is the plan. I could see it slipping to late 2022 because Final Fantasy games are big games. But yeah, I, I would imagine by all appearances, it's been in development for a couple years at this point. So it's probably closer to the middle of its development than the beginning, which is a rarity for a Final Fantasy game announced in the past 20 years. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of the big news at the PS5 reveal. Yeah. Prices were not surprising. Prices were not even slightly surprising. The allocation of the $400 SKU is hilarious. Like, it almost doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. Like the numbers in terms of pre-orders, like, you know, grain of salt, but like CAG has been trying to keep track, CAG cheap as gamer has been trying to sort of keep track of what kinds of pre-order numbers are reporting, and it's, like, less than 1% digital edition. And, like, some of that's probably the, like, the audience is not in... The audience that would report and, like, click through CAG links is not as interested in digital only. But also some of it is probably just that they just aren't making many of them. Yeah. Like... It's one of those, like, like my first reaction when I saw it was uh, the the uh, very, like, low-effort joke when you definitely didn't just put, uh, didn't just want to put three ninety nine ninety nine in the ads. <laughs> no confidence. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, the, the price is not at all surprising. 500 was definitely... The number they didn't want to put out, but absolutely were forced to. <laughs> said no confidence. No confidence. But uh, yeah, uh, as as a beloved in- industry prognosticator, uh, I have of course uh, skull dug my way into a pre-order because I'm just incredibly stupid. I don't even have yeah, words same. for it. 
Like, I'm more interested in what the Series X is doing, but I'm going to end up having to buy both eventually anyway. Yeah, it's the same thing for me. I'm stuck like, I'm okay not buying this. Oh, I could get a pre-order. I pre-ordered. And then it was very good because it was impossible to pre-order afterwards. Yeah, like, uh, I tried to pre-order from other places because I didn't want to keep my Walmart pre-order, but no such luck. Here we are. Yep. It's impossible. Yeah, it was, oh, it was so nice of them to say, oh, pre-order starting tomorrow, and then they all started within a few hours. This was incredible. This was absolutely incredible. Like, they said pre-order start tomorrow, which was already, like, kind of nuts because they were uh because like less than three weeks ago they were like oh you'll absolutely we'll give you plenty of advance notice when pre-orders are about to start and like tomorrow is already kind of pushing that but then all the pre-order like everywhere just started putting up pre-orders at once yeah like i was scrambling just to figure out can i play my ps4 games I want to yeah, no, that took tomorrow. forever to find some sort of confirmation. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, Jim Ryan, uh, who is the current president of Sony Interactive Entertainment, confirmed that 99% of the PS4 games they have tested work. So, PS4 games somehow still had to... Somehow there were some people for whom hope springs eternal. I cannot imagine having this level of optimism for anything in life. But... <sighs> I saw a news report today of, like, someone having to confirm that, yes, they finally said, no, it won't play PS3, 2, or 1 games. And it's like, how how do you go through life with that level of optimism at this stage? Man, it was hard to emulate PS2 games on a PC. You really thought they were going to shove that in their brand new console? Like, they probably could because they have all of the, like, docs about how it actually has to behave, but... They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I have some. I have a bunch of PS2 games. I don't care. <laughs> I do personally like. Yeah, the I mean, PS2, I, I love that. To be fair, yeah. Like the PS2 is the system that like I most just want to be able to play on everything. Like if I can just play PS2 games, like I'll be happy. But like the degree it, it, again. Sony's current president, Sony Interactive Entertainment's current president, Jim Ryan, I believe is also, like, the degree to which that he personally does not care about backwards compatibility is probably worth thinking about, because any, any emulation would be software, which would be something they would be in fairly strict control of. And the way that... He, I believe he is the one who a few years back, put out the statement uh, that, oh, I was looking at these old PS1 games and thought, oh, these look terrible. Why would anyone want to play these? <laughs> All these PS2, PS1 games, why would anyone want to play them ever again? They're, they look awful. And it's just like, oh, oh dude, I, I know you're just like a business guy or whatever, but I kind of want to punch you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> As as a as a as a lover of old games in general, but especially as someone who thinks that it's very interesting to examine those uh, design trends that have left us behind, I would very much like to be able to play these. Mm -hmm. There are tons of Sony franchises that you can't play anymore. You want me to go off? I can go off. You can't play Infamous. One can't. Oh, you will, no! You'll be able to play Infamous Second Son. Yeah, but what about the first two? <laughs> 
Nope, gone. Even though Second Son references them constantly. Remember all those big uh, Ratchet and Clank games on PS3? All those Ratchet and Clank games on PS2 and PS3 are just gone. Yeah, nope. There's one Ratchet and Clank PS4 game, you can play that. Like, Ratchet and Clank is a series of, I believe, 11 games at this point, possibly yeah. more. There, there will be two playable on your PS5, maybe. <laughs> let's and let's just do a comparison uh, to the Xbox, for example, where they to show off. They've been progressively expanding the amount yes. of games you can play from consoles to the point where they did a demo of an airplane game, it, it, Crimson. It was Dawn Crimson Skies. Like Crimson they were Skies. showing that you could system link between an Xbox One X, an Xbox One, and an original Xbox. Yeah. It was like, I never want to do this, but it's awesome that you made this possible. <laughs> it's awesome that you made this possible, and it's technologically really impressive because it sort of requires that the that the emulator be really accurate to be able to just interface with the original hardware. So, kudos. Good work. Okay, let's look up how many Ratchet and Clank games there are. <laughs> There are, and I'm going to count off ones that you can't play anymore. There are, okay, Ratchet Clank, Going Commando, Up Your Arsenal, Deadlock. None of those are playable on PS4 or PS5. Uh, Tools of Destruction, Quest for Booty, Crack in Time, Into the Nexus. None of those are playable on PS4 and PS5. Uh, there's the movie game that's playable on PS4 and presumably PS5. And there's the new one, Rift Apart, which is a direct sequel to the last PS3 game. <laughs> and you won't be able to play that game, which is already a direct sequel to all the PS3 games. Well, I have a terrible and disturbing answer for you. That what? you can probably play those games on PS now. <laughs> oh, good! You know what's great for, like, fast shooter action platformers? Lag. Yeah. Input latency and just occasionally turning into, like, pixel soup. Oh, I also left out, I think... I left out all of the spin-off games, none of which are playable. So no... Uh, neither of neither the really bad multiplayer game, All for One, nor the, like, really bad tower defense game, Full Frontal Assault. Which, I mean, like... I don't think anyone should or would want to play those again, but at the same time... This is a franchise with like eleven games, two of which will be playable. <laughs> it just it just feels off. Yeah. Sony is very like whatever, just throw it in the trash. Like this franchise is over, throw it in the trash. Can't play any Sly Cooper games on your PS4 or PS5. Yeah. Like Insomniac's only game, as far as uh, only games as far as the PS4 or PS5 are concerned, are Infamous Second Sl Sun and its expansion First Light and Ghost of Tsushima. They might as well have never made anything before that. For the record, Insomniac's never made a game that isn't awesome. Yeah, it sucks that you can like, and like their most obscure first game is also awesome. Like it's a great N64 platformer called Rocket Robot on Wheels. I don't blame them for not having that. I just think it's disappointing. There's no way to play it. Yeah. But like, all the Slayer games are gone. Oh. Like, fr vanished into a puff of smoke. Remember when they announced the Sly Cooper movie, like, ten years ago? Yeah, I was just gonna say, all those games are vanished along with the movie we never got. Yeah, just dead. Completely shot in the head, buried in the ground. Like, I don't care about these games, but PlayStation 5, 
there's no way to play any Twisted Metal games. Sony thought those were important for a very long time. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't play any of the Jack games. Can play Uncharted 4, the epilogue to the Uncharted series. No, uh, Lost Legacy is the epilogue. Uh, Lost Legacy is, like, I, I guess 4 is Nate's epilogue. Like, in Nate's final chapter. Yeah, I, would, I was going to say, I would call it a final chap- chapter. I wouldn't call it an yeah. epilogue. But you can play the final chapter of... Un- oh, I suppose there was an Uncharted collection on PS4. So you can yeah. still play Uncharted. You can't play Jack games. They're gone. Memory hold. Like, there's just so much that is just like... You have so... Oh, here's a funny one. Like... You can't play they... Tales of Grace's F on anything. Yep, can't play that. Uh, I think they eventually did like some sort of unholy God of War collection on PS4. Don't know, don't care. I'm, I'm checking because it would be very funny to me. Uh, oh my God! There's a Wikipedia article for collections of God of War games. Just, just <laughs> fast in that concept because they made the first collection, which was one and two. Then they made the second collection, which was the two PSP games. Then they made a collection of those two collections. But I believe only three ever got a PS4 release. They just, like, for some reason, upported it to PS4 by itself. So your God of War options are the end of the first trilogy and the start of the next set. Oops. Oh, well. Whoops. Like, I just I wish that Sony just gave a shit about all these IP. Like you'll get Nintendo fans complaining rightly or wrongly that like why won't they make a new F Zero? Like there are like five hundred franchises that Sony is just left to die. Yeah. And I'm not even getting into obscure stuff that I care about, like Jumping Flash. If you've never seen Jumping Flash, please go look up its opening on YouTube because it includes the immortal line. Go rob it, jump and go. But yeah, sorry, sorry, I just had to go on a tear because like, you have so much legacy content and you don't give a shit about any of it. Please be better, be better. You you are de facto like industry leaders. Be better stewards of any sort of history. <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on. Were there any other things on PS5 announcement that are uh, worth discussing? Demon Souls, Souls, I guess. Looks like a better version of Demon Souls. But it still looks like Demon's Souls, so I yeah, don't know if I uh, care. I'm really hoping <laughs> that they revamp all the terrible bosses, because that game contains many terrible bosses. You don't want to deal with the Dragon God again? No, I don't want to deal with a giant floating manta ray that involves <laughs> using battle strategies that none of, nothing else in the game requires me to know, and nothing else after it requires me to know. Because I seem to recall only... reading in an interview about that game that, like, the reasoning behind that was that it was essentially a holdover from an earlier version of the game that didn't oh, use the, that had yeah. some had more of that kind of mechanics, which means basically the same thing as the Beta Chaos, which was also a holdover from like a diff- an earlier version of Dark Souls, where like that game had different mechanics that they were trying to do I mean, more different kinds of bosses. Sure, <laughs> but Bed of Chaos is re- it's. It's easy. It's just like, this is stupid, but I can breathe. This giant manta ray is stupid and not short. (laughs) 
That's that's always the worst part about like that kind of boss is like, can you at least finish it quickly if you know what you're doing? Yeah. Like this, <laughs> that's like the base concept. The stupid here. bit of chaos is okay. You have to kill two, like branches or something, and oh hey, guess what? If you die and come back, they'll still be dead. And then you have to do a small jump and slice apart a heart. That's it. That's and that easy. might confuse you because jumping is almost never useful, but still. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a... Pr- yeah. But yeah. Ho- hopefully it's good. I Again, I, I feel that fundamentally the like grass farming economy of Demon Souls is miserable. Yeah. But I don't see them actually changing that, so... I guess I'll see if I'm stupid enough to buy it when it comes out. Yeah. You and I both know that the thing we're actually getting at launch is Miles Morales. That's correct. Which they showed gameplay of, which looks like the first game, which is totally fine. Which is fine because the first game was a very pretty, very good Spider-Man game. Yeah. And it, this is basically like a, it's not really a sequel, so I wasn't expecting anything. It's Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Right. So everything, there was nothing there to dissuade me from my purchase, so... Yeah, that was fine. That's, that's the that's the game that uh, that I will be purchasing with the PS5. I guess the launch game. If that if that got delayed, I'd be like, why am I what are, why am I even here? Why are we here just to suffer? Oh, speaking of things you can't play on a PS5 because they never re-released them. This isn't entirely Sony's fault, but it sucks, and I feel like they have enough leverage that they could make it work because they've worked with this company in the past to get re-releases that the company was not interested in going. Can't play any of the Metal Gear games other than 5. Kept you waiting, huh? Kept you waiting, huh? But, yeah. Like, you can't play any of them other than Metal Gear Solid 5. Or, or survive. You could play all of them on Xbox. Except for one. You can. Except for one. Cannot play Metal Gear Solid One, but you can play two, you can play three, you can play Peace Walker. Can't play four, that's probably fine. Oh, right, I forgot about four. <laughs> four was a deeply disappointing video game. Uh, but yeah, like it's just one of those things. Like you have, like they, to to clarify my prior statement, they leaned on Konami and got Konami to re-release Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood on PS4 in like a weird collection that was immediately forgotten. I forgot but, about that. Yeah, Castlevania Requiem, whatever the hell. But, like, that game, like, they leaned on Konami, got them to do that, didn't do it for anything else. No way to play those old Metal Gear games on your PS4 or PS5. I mean, I love MGS5, but it's a game that very much needs the context of the other ser- the rest of the games in the series, and I, I believe up to and including the producers of Metal Gear Survive would agree that that game should be memory hold. <laughs> They freaking hid messages about how unhappy they were in the game. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, just wish they cared more. I guess. They just kind of suck. I they just don't really care about their retro or legacy content in any real fashion. So. No, and yeah, I'm really glad that Microsoft does now. It's it's nice. It's nice to see that, like, oh, I can still play these Xbox games. These Xbox games that no one will ever talk about again. It's like Panzer Dragon Orda. I'm going to be able to play that on a Series X. I can just take the disc out and put it in. I can play Final (laughs) Fantasy XIII in 4K. which It'll look and run better. (laughs) Yeah, which I must say, um, just letting, like, the opening 
uh, movie that plays just when you turn the game on go in 4K. It I mean, visuals were never where that game was faltering. No. <laughs> Continuity, yes. Visuals, no. Yeah. What a what a weird situation. Like, Be better, Sony. Seriously. Please. Please, have confidence. No confidence. Come on, Sony. Kill, kill! <laughs> <laughs> Go searching for context. See if you can find it, yes. nerds. Uh, all right, so I guess there was like a Nintendo Direct this morning or something. Yeah, something also, like one of those looks like Eric RPG would like to join us. We want to pull them in. Yeah. Okay. Moment. But yeah, uh, that was a weird Nintendo Direct because I saw a Monster Hunter game and thought, that looks cool. <laughs> it looks way better than World. <laughs> I just I just realized while watching it that like, oh, what they needed to pull me into Monster Hunter was ninjas? Yeah, I mean, Monster Hunter 4 was like kind of halfway there. Like, it was getting there because like, they introduced the wall run, which I think is still in World, but they didn't really expand it from what I could tell. Yeah. Whereas they were like, hey, grappling hook. Remember Bionic Commando? Well, too bad. <laughs> so I'm Here. confused. You're playing a fan translation of a game that was released in the last... Listen, it's complicated. I didn't want to have to explain this. Uh, but So I have a hacked Japanese 3DS. Mm-hmm. If, if I oh, I know to... about that already. Yes. So if I try and play my US copy on here, it will try and download... Because I, I know because this happened. I have a, a thousand questions as to what you're yes. talking about. It will down try and download like the Japanese patches and it just uh-huh. work. So I saw that this existed and grabbed it. What the heck game are you talking about? So I threw on the stream. So, so is it a fan translation or did they just rip the script from the US version? I don't actually know. Uh, I'm going to look because you're being coy. It's Monster Hunter Stories, the first one. Oh, Monster Hunter Stories. Oh, yeah, because they did announce Monster Hunter Stories 2 in addition to Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, and it looks fantastic. I'm surprised they they didn't do an HD release of Monster Hunter Stories yet. Maybe they will. You might end up seeing that, I feel like. Yeah, Yeah, they they both are, like, technically very accomplished-looking games. Yes. Uh, but yeah, let's go back to Rise for a minute. Um, I'm probably the biggest proponent of 4, or one of the biggest proponents of 4. I still think it's the best game in the series. And a lot of that has to do with the way it focuses on like verticality and levels. Like, And they seem to be really pushing that in Rise. Yeah. Which... So, like, prior to 4... I don't want. It's not like the levels were flat or anything, but generally when you're fighting a monster, you're not really worrying about... Mm any sort of vertical. You didn't have a lot of capacity to affect your own right. Position, vertical space. Is, is even world like kind of strictly stuck to the ground? Um, not I think it's ex- like four from everything I've seen of it. It's like four to some extent, but not to like the level. With less of. focus on that idea, because that was right. one of the ideas that four was bringing to the table. Right, like so... In 4, you didn't just have to necessarily worry about, okay, I need to worry about my position for the monster. You need to worry about, like, okay, I want to try and mount this monster because then you can knock it down and there's a lot of benefits to doing that. So you have to worry about 
well, where can you do that from? And there's a lot of like vertical edges. You have to care about the environment. Right. (laughs) You have to care much more about the environment and you didn't really have to do that part of four. And yeah, that's in world, but um, there's a lot about world that didn't quite mesh for me. And I don't want to go down like a long thesis thesis about why that is. Um, But um, four was really going in some cool directions that like even generations didn't really follow up on and kind of took a step back from because I remember well, when... you have, I, I think I have a feeling that generations might have been developed before four was no I, I I would absolutely agree generations it just feels like oh this is like uh, Monster Hunter All-Stars or Monster Hunter Greatest Hits whatever you want to call it it's not it doesn't ever feel like it was anything attempting to bring the series forward. It was just like yeah. Do you ever think all those monsters that you're sad are gone? Right. Do you ever ever think that they'll bring back underwater exploration again? Oh God, I hope not. I don't think anyone likes it, so I don't think they're going to. Well, like as long as they can find a way to make it work. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried it again now. I don't think that at the very least I'd like to be able to do that just to find materials, not necessarily fight things. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's possible. But But yeah, Rise was weird for me to look at the trailer of and be like, "Oh, I kind of like the vibe this game is throwing down. Like, I like the look of moving around in it, which is like the grappling hook bug." Yeah, I forget what it's called. It's something. Seems to have an actual story. I'm like four. They mentioned some other things that four like had a story. <laughs> well, it sort of did. It had as much of a story as Monster Hunter. Need. The the other thing that they mentioned that they didn't elaborate on, and I'm curious from someone like they mentioned they brought this up again in the short Monster Hunter Direct they did after the announcement uh, that. I was figuring you might have some more to say about it, but they brought up that, like, there's a bit in the, like, cinematics where someone talks about a rampage. Yes. And... That's that's one of the things that also gave me, like, Final Fantasy... Monster Hunter 4 vibes, because the the whole story of that revolves around, like, chasing after this elder dragon that eventually lets out, like, this weird blight that makes all a bunch of monsters kind of go... Rampagey, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it looks like they may be going a similar, similar, similar direction story-wise, which makes me think that this, whoever is developing this, probably did work on Monster Hunter Four. Almost assuredly. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking about while I was uh, looking at it, as I, uh, I mentioned that, like, oh, the the way that you apparently get monster hunter to grab my attention is to just turn your character into a ninja yes and that's not just like your moveset but also just like the look of the game and i don't know too much about how some of the older games look but the the general style feels more like overtly japanese village looking that reminds me of Monster Hunter Portable 3rd, which absolutely mm. went in that sort of direction and I think is still the best-selling Monster Hunter in Japan. Uh, so I think, oh yeah, that was the other thing that was funny about this, was seeing that and being like, well, that's the best-selling game in Japan next year. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So um, I think that style is definitely 
very intentional <laughs> based on that yeah. fact. I got some secondary vibes from it. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that as far Spider-Man. as like, the movement. Yeah, things. just the just the hook and the general like ability to move around mixed with the hardcore action. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. But, but I mean, a lot of the levels in Monster Hunter Four, if you go back and look at them, like I remember one of the memorable ones was like it takes place in a giant cave, and to like start exploring it at all, you have to jump down a giant hole and start exploring from there and and just a lot of uh, like i said there's it's it's all very focused on verticality and to some extent world continue that that largely just because you know bigger bigger wide open areas but i don't think it necessarily used used that fact in the actual combat enough like okay this monster jumped down here and i'm gonna have to jump down there and follow it but it didn't do enough beyond that and to me this looks like uh, it's going to focus a lot more on that, and I love, absolutely love what I'm seeing. They were talking about how the name Rise was apparently chosen to show the renewed emphasis on different forms of verticality, which yeah. very, uh, very Japanese naming convention. Yeah. But, yeah. I, oh, I also, admit, uh, dog mounts. Old man. <laughs> dog goes, yeah. Yes, they look, that look kind of like um, Zakian from Pokemon sword yeah which they, I really they do enjoyed. they seem i, I appreciated well, the idea of like these things exist so that you don't use stamina while running or a feed from vesperia yeah that too they're all like drawing from like a really stock ninja dog archetype <laughs> but yeah I, it would be very hard to trace the origin of that sort of ninja dog uh, illustration but it's probably something from like the 1800s <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. So that that was that was a pretty big announcement. Yeah, uh, rumored beforehand. Yeah, it was one of those ones where I was like, "Well, people have been wanting a Switch Monster Hunter for a while, so I'm not sure how much stock I put in this." But I'm just gonna say I predicted this a while ago. <laughs> yes, you did. You did. That was why I didn't trust it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've made yeah, some, like some pretty good predictions in the past. Yeah, yeah. Like about I how am, everyone I, was going to hate Final Fantasy Type-0, for example. I did appreciate that they didn't just decide to try to do like a bad down port of world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that's like a temp- weird, tempting idea, but as much as things like um, The Witcher 3 have worked out pretty well, uh, if... If they, if like CD Projekt Red came out and said, "Okay, we're going to make an original, full, fully featured Witcher for the Switch," I would absolutely take that over the Witcher Three on my Switch. I think if it's going to be like the same level of game, because I mean, like that—that's the other thing. When I heard like a Switch Monster Hunter, I wasn't quite sure what to expect in terms of like technical prowess but it's a really good looking switch game oh yeah i mean if you you go back and look at those games on 3ds they are astoundingly good looking yeah they're really gorgeous 3ds games and like i wasn't sure like given how well world did i wasn't sure how much they were going to care about this project oh they definitely still cared (laughs) yeah for sure and it, it i mean i've feel like this is probably mainly a 
we we need a big like Monster Hunter for Japan, given how massive the Switch is doing there. But I'm sure after World, this is going to do just fine elsewhere too. Yeah, no, this will do. This is well. They've reached the point where they now do like, oh, here's like a special limited edition for you Western Monster Hunter fans. Yeah. So, because I think wasn't Four Ultimate was was Four Ultimate digital only? No. Okay, okay. There, I felt like there was one of them that was, but I kind of wish that four was ultimate was ported to the Switch. Yes, but, oh. yes. You have no idea how much I would enjoy that. <laughs> Rip Generations Ultimate, yeah. Uh, but and yeah, Generations Ultimate is yeah, fine, it's a different game. Yeah, it's not as but, good yeah. as four. But yeah, like, it was just one of those things where it's like, huh, that was uh... so that was that was an exciting thing for them to lead off with. Also, there's a Disgaea six now. Yeah, there is. Uh, Rip Tootie Disguise, though. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I'll tell you why I'm I'm fine with that, and you know I've harped on this way too much. Effing Disgaea Five. Let the two D burn and die. <laughs> it was it was weird. The the weird Western exclusivity of it is also weird. Yeah. I... This money must must have exchanged hands, and I'm not sure yeah, why. Yeah, I, I I spotted a uh, I spotted a thing from it was like like Silicon Era Gramatsu that was reporting on it, but they were basically they got in contact with someone from Nisa, and they were like, "Well, we have no plans to discuss what game what pla- we have no further announcements to make about uh, plans uh, for further platforms for this game in the West." And it was like, okay, so money definitely changed hands. Yeah. The time exclusive only for requests. It's it's just very strange. Like Nintendo must have like very specifically like sought that out because no one was gonna I can't imagine who would start the conversation on hey, could do could do this exclusively for Switch for a while. Cause like in Japan it's day and date on PS4. I wonder if they're like partially worried that Sony that Sony will like make them change things. I could I couldn't really see that just because this guy has never really run afoul of it before. But I feel like yeah, a lot but of it... Sony's also been really weird lately. So well, the other yeah. the other thought I had uh, based on Sony being weird was I wonder if there's no there's no reason this would be true considering like Horizon is coming to PS4. But I was wondering if they're going if they're trying to stop releases on PS4. Sort of shoe out the PS4. Yeah. Specifically like there Sony is, USA, there is a, I mean. There is a marked difference between to... releasing a PS4 game in January of next year and releasing one in, like, August of next year. Right. But, like, that feels really silly to me. Like, they didn't shoe out the PS1. They didn't shoe out the PS2. PS3 was kind of on its last legs when the PS4 came out, so it made sense. But yeah, and like I said, Horizon, the new Horizon is coming to PS4 even. So. New Horizons, Miles Morales, and that Sackboy Abomination are all coming to PS4. It, it, the Sackboy games is depressing to me because it looks fun, but I don't care about any of the ugly-looking characters or the world of Sack. <laughs> sack, sack monster, but. Oh man! Oh, that's another thing on that list of like IP that it, Sony like, has like. The Sackboy is basically the the precursor to the Funkos. Yeah, he's a Funko Pop. He's like a Funko Pop made by a serial killer. But yeah, like the the, 
the, that's another that goes on the list of franchises that you can't play basically any of on PS4 is Little Big Planet. <laughs> I think Little Big Planet 3 might have been on PS4. Was it? Probably. Oh. No, it was a PS3 game. What? Yeah. Okay. But, um, but uh, how about that Final Fantasy 16? I'm, I'm confused. Oh, we've hashed that out. Nope. Yeah, you missed our long... <laughs> Yes, you missed me discussion. essentially excoriating it from every angle because I'm an angry man. I mean, I'll probably play it and enjoy it, but like, I'm kind of over the edge lordy stuff. That was kind of like I was. I was trying to be even keel about it because it's like, I mean, it'll it'll be good. It'll probably be good, and I'll probably enjoy at least some to some extent. But like, I also feel like the game's plot is a criticism of what Final Fantasy is. Because they're I like mean, crystals, this that the tyranny of the crystals is like. I I think it's the development team of Final Fantasy wanting to break away from that trope. I, I, it's weird though because they're leaning into it way more than anyone has for a while. Yeah, like I guess a last hurrah of sorts maybe then. Like everyone thinks it's a last hurrah, and then it comes back three games later. So. <laughs> That's one of those things. It's like was I think nine it's just, the last hurrah. <laughs> like, nine was the last hurrah. Twelve I'm fine with in that Final Final Fantasy being an action series now, but like, like stop doing the edge lord stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we'll but, see. It could like, ju- it could just be a poorly cut trailer, and it could. Yeah, but I would really be fine if that shot of like a blood splatter across a child's face was to leave the game entirely. Yes, yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't. Me. Like one of the main characters, like that prince guy, he he looks like Lineth from three. <laughs> oh wow, he does. Well, that's a uh, that's a lot. Wasn't ready for that revelation. Uh, but yeah, so so we kind of hashed that out. Uh, if you've got anything to say, certainly say it. But, but uh, I am looking forward to Demon Souls. I don't care if you poop on it. I'm not gonna poopoo on it. I, I'm just gonna I poo-poo poo-poo on it about half of the bosses. Oh yeah, wheels wheels had some issues with a space manta ray. Yes, uh, screw that thing. But, but yeah, I, I mean beyond the manta ray, I was fine with like the dungeons and stuff. I never. I, well, 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 if you want them to fix things, you should tell Bluepoint because they're listening. Yeah, apparently they have like the. I, I don't think that they're actually changing much about the underpinnings. I think that they're mostly just redoing artwork, because like, that's how Bluepoint's prior remasters have worked, where they've redone a lot of art, but like the games functionally were still quite similar. In that but, trailer, I, I noticed that they that they didn't... I don't know if you can, but it looks like that person was only doing four-directional dodging. Yeah, so that's, that's weird. So that's something that, if they haven't done, they need to, like explain that it's not the case or um, fix it, explain why so they it, did it so that it actually does a directional touching. I think the thing that most stuck out to me when I was watching that trailer is was the camera always like this? And I'm pretty no. sure it wasn't. It's very strange. They made it more cinematic, which is weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's an amazing choice. I suppose it depends upon if it runs into... But maybe that's just how it is when you don't walk on to something. Yeah, it's still just kind of. It's just one of those things. It's like, why? But eh, that's that's triple A market for you. Oh, do we want to talk about how bad Sony's messaging was this entire event, Ugh. and how well, they well, accidentally announced and then unannounced a PC version of that game? 
Uh, and I have like, they like, forgot what game they were advertising in. Yeah, it's uh, like you guys had a long time to set this up. I don't know how you didn't have someone look over that and be like, "Are you sure that this game is coming to PC and other consoles?" I complained about the lack of women presenters. Yeah, there were none. Not a single one. And all three of them were white dudes too. So it's like yeah. it's like you have diversity. Future of gaming. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. The, why can't Microsoft have the cool exclusives so I can just own an Xbox and not have to deal with Sony? I'm a viewer, so I have to get both. <laughs> Thankfully, I've got a certain check that we were supposed to use in case of emergencies, but I managed to hold on to my job, so I can just excellent. Use it there. Well, I mean, good for two reasons. Yeah, the nice thing about the Xbox, as far as getting both, is you can do you can <laughs> finance that shit. It's time. I will pay it pay it off like a car. But <laughs> well, this is assuming I can get either of them because yeah, well, it's I'll on sale to, now. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to like I'll try to fire off any like links I see where like when Wario sixty four or whatever uh, throws up like hey the Pre-orders are up on X site and see if I can get them to you. Yeah, I'm going to be... Um, the only way I'm getting is through financing. But I, I have, have to go sell some blood. <laughs> but I have to go there anyway that uh, that day to pick up uh, 13. Oh, yeah, you'll have to tell me how the writing is and that since it seems like it's leaning a lot on that. Yeah, well, it's who worked on it, but it seemed like good people worked on it. Well, Vanilla worked on it, but they yeah, hired just, some outside help. I just mean the localizers. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's just it's all going. I, I feel confident in terms of localization. I just it's all going to come down uh, to yeah, how strong was the writing originally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope the dub is good because I don't know. Sometimes Atlas is good for dubs. Uh, oh, you know what? I think we have a review, Alex. Let me see. Oh, that might be worth it. Yeah. Um, I feel really stuff about listening to a dub based in a country that is. Japanese when they're all speaking English, it just feels weird to me. Yeah. Well, here we go. Uh, Alex gave it a 4.5 out of 5. That's uh, 5 points for story. Okay, well that's See. good. Almost the merit then. <laughs> uh, story interaction is limited. Time balance may be a bit story heavy for some. Uh, and the plus so you want to more choose your own entry type yeah. stuff. So, so it sounds like it's more like Telltale where it doesn't matter what your choices are. Maybe, I don't know. It says the pluses are fascinating and uniquely told story, excellent cast of characters, and engaging combat. Fair enough. So we'll see. Yeah. So I can't wait. afford it right now. Game as combat? I thought it was purely a visual novel. Uh, I hope not, because then, I think then I'll it have has, to launch it into the sun. I think it has like strategy RPG battles or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that just PS4? It's probably yeah. just PS4. Yeah. Ah, damn it. It does make I would be better. much more likely to play that on Switch. Like, much, yeah. much more likely. The, like, the only reason I'm apprehensive about buying it at all is because, like, Nellaware has done games on Nintendo platforms. There were only one of them, and it was on a platform that that was localized by a terrible company, so it probably didn't sell well. Remember UTV Ignition? Of course you don't. Uh, yeah. So, I'm worried if they just got scared off of Nintendo. I mean, a lot of it is probably... Have Switch kits. 
I think that a lot of it is just that they're a small company who can't really afford to make ports of their games in-house and don't have like anyone who's like champing at the bit to do it for them. So I'd really like to see an HD version of um, Muramasa Rebirth. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. That was yeah, a pretty I'll good. Leave that Grim Grimoire game where Prince and like I wonder if Prince's Crown is going to be localized by Atlas because that was re-released yeah. along with uh, Thirteen you know, Sentinels. I remember Princess Crown managed to come out on PSP, but that was like unlocalizable because they didn't actually have the source code for it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Swings and roundabouts. Uh, let's see, what else did I want to catch before? We run, finish running through the news because there's a lot of news. Surprising um, amount. Ori 2 is on the Switch. Yeah, oh, yeah and apparently they claim today. they optimized the heck out of it. And if you want the physical version, you'll have to wait till like October, I think, maybe. Yeah, it, the pre orders for that are up. I I'm interested in seeing like a Digital Foundry sort of comparison on that version just to see how well they actually optimized it because like that was that had issues on the Xbox. I think they ironed them all out pretty relatively quickly, though. It's, yeah, yeah, but it's just the thing for its interest. Wait, so it had issues on the Xbox or Xbox One X? It had issues on the Xbox. So just, okay. just the plain old one. Yeah, yeah. I think the original game was like that, too. I, I think a lot of people don't realize that the one's actually kind of a shitty console. Yeah, it is. The biggest issue, is. I think, is that it's like memory is super bandwidth. Yeah. Like, there's super bottlenecks on, like, how quickly it can deal with memory, which is kind of the issue. When, when the I, me- and the Switch has, has flat-out better memory. When, even though it, was from a, it was from four years later, so, like, even, like, cheap memory was just better. Yeah, like, when I upgraded to the One X, it was extraordinarily noticeable. and begin to tell you how better of an experience it was as soon as... So. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm interested. I, I'm excited because I think at least Ori at least the, at least the Xbox One's memory wasn't as bad as the Vita's. Oh, I've never checked how the Vita actually functions. Have you played the Shantae Half Genie Hero on that thing? Yeah, of course not. Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the game is playable, but it but it's running at sub thirty, which is not great. That's not a good feeling. It ran fine on Switch. I guess that's what five years of portable technology will do to you. Yeah, Levitas memory is garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that like it's really easy to not think about because it's like, oh, they've they've got different RAM and it's got different letters in front of it and it's got a different number after it. But I mean, that's important. But, that's important but I don't stuff. think I don't think anything is going to match the the poor memory limitations of the original Xbox 360. I mean, the PS3 was even more RAM-starved than the 360. Yeah, it was. You couldn't even... I remember... Skyrim sucked on it. Yeah. Uh, Every game Rio thing sucked on most things, but sucked worse on PS3, but... Yeah, I remember where the weird limitations was. You couldn't do, like, a party chat. Oh, yeah, because that would require the OS to eat even more of the RAM. It's also why you couldn't do like Netflix parties, and then Netflix parties was the thing on the Xbox 360, and, and they got rid of that. Movie studios <laughs> were like, "Wait, you can watch things with people from far away? Get the hell out!" They kind of brought it back, but nobody's really using it. It's nowhere near as fun. Yeah. 
Listen, there was a lot of charm to just having, like, four little, like, nerds sitting in front of the thing, like this Mystery Science Theater. But, what was the other thing about it? Uh, yeah, one of my favorite things is, like, reading when companies try to skimp on some aspect of a console, and then, like, they send a dev kit to, like, a third party, and the third party's like, no, you have to, you can't. Like... Uh, I remember the 360 actually doubled its RAM at the request of Ra- of uh, Epic, apparently. And then, in a similar story, Nintendo sent Switch dev kits to Capcom, and Capcom was like, can you have, like, double this amount of RAM? <laughs> so it went from, like, 2 gigabytes to, like, 4 gigabytes. Which, uh... Well, you probably saved them... You probably helped them a lot, Capcom. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Those are, those, those are just some of those things. It's like... Increasing the amount of RAM is something you can do relatively late in the game. Yeah, just just fascinating in that weird way. Yeah, I oh. think what else was in that direct? Was there anything else? Uh, we didn't really talk mm. too much about stories, too. Oh, yeah, because I don't really know anything about it. It's just yeah. mon- I don't fully understand Monster Hunter stories as a concept. Uh, let me talk about the first game a little bit, then, because I know a lot of people did not Also, play you're playing it right now. Yes. Yeah, um, I have it. I just haven't played it. Yeah. I had it for a long time and didn't play it until my sister yelled at me. That I'm uh, shocked that you needed someone to yell at you to do it. <laughs> it happens. So it looks like 2 is more of an action RPG and this is a turn-based one. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they actually showed any combat in that trailer. Those were probably just cinematics. Well, I was reading the press release and it might have been referring to Rise as an action RPG. But who knows? I, I, I think so. I would... I would be surprised if 2 was not also a turn. We'll see. Uh, but the way the first game worked is obviously... It's it looks like rock, paper, scissors. Part of the combat is rock, paper, scissors, yeah. So there's like power attacks, technical attacks, and speed attacks. And like you said, it's somewhat rock, paper, scissors. Uh, but beyond that, there's... Obviously, it's sort of a Pokemon clone, but there's some interesting ways and in that it differs from Pokemon. Like... To capture, to capture a monster, you have to like fight it and then not kill it so that it runs back to its lair, and then you have to like sneak in and get out with an egg, hmm. which is pretty cool. But also, it makes so it beat up the mama and steal their kids. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty like cool. some sort of invasive species of lizard. Yeah, but the other cool thing is you can actually like ride the monsters you capture, which. Uh, some of them will have different abilities, like some of them can go on water, obviously. Some of them will have other abilities, including when you get a little later in the game, you can fly around the world on a dragon, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, <laughs> and, and that also extends to combat, where if you like kind of sync up with your monster uh, well enough, you can do you can like ride your monster and do like combined attacks. And, and, you know, it's not just like the rock, paper, scissors attacks. So how it works mm-hmm. is you can pick like different special attacks uh, that use up some kind of like MP-ish thing. I forget what it's called. Or you can just use regular attacks. And this is for your main character who, also, who fights in addition to uh, whatever monster you have out. Just mm-hmm. Like Pokemon, you have one. And, you, you know, you can pick one of those. Uh, pick like speed, technique, or power. And if I think if you match up with 
the same whatever your monster ends up using because then you kind of start filling up a meter that will have some super attacks. And the game is generally pretty easy. Not super easy, but easy enough. But it, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely cool to see a different take on like you go into like a hunter city and everyone's surprised that like oh you're befriending monsters and not murdering them for their parts <laughs> so it kind of has a bit of like self-awareness to it too so it, it, it's it's really a really cool game and i'm interested to see how they ex expand it so we'll see the, vo the voice acting and trailer kind of had me concerned because some characters sounded all right and the others sounded not so all right and if you, like one particular voice actor that I've heard elsewhere, I've never really liked the way they sounded ever. Yeah. So they're just typecasting that same type of voice, and it's like, mm. well, there's also an anime, so I'm wondering if they got some of the actors from the anime. Quite possible, but I'm not sure. But I just, I just realized a few things that we almost forgot to mention. Sure. Uh, one. Uh, one of the only roguelikes that looks cool to me, uh, Hades. Hades. Yeah, so that's out. Yeah, and I need to pick that up when I got a bit more liquid cash. Yeah. I, I've heard good things, and someone told me it's better than Dead Cells, which really was like, oh, okay, I, I should play this. I mean, I really, I do like Supergiant games a lot, and what I've seen of it looks really good, so yeah. I'm willing to put aside my general distaste uh, the other thing... What was the other thing? Uh, uh, oh, Room Factory 5! Yeah, yeah. got to actually see that, some gameplay. That game looks like the game I wanted Room Factory 4 to be. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Room Factory 4 just looks like they did 3 again. This this looks great. Like, I'm on board for this. So. Yeah. And... They don't have it's just twenty twenty. Oh, it's yeah, probably going to be but, later twenty twenty one. But yeah, if they, if it was going to be sooner, they would have said like early twenty twenty one or summer twenty twenty one. I would yeah. expect fall. <laughs> but yeah, like it it looks great. I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, and like I said to you, it's like wow, this looks really good for a series we'd given up for dead not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's good to see. So yeah, big into that. Uh, Manhunt. Yeah, it's nice, nice to see that come back. Manhunt, Manhunt, Manhunt. Can't wait. Mm. Nah, I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing Bloodstained, getting the platinum on the PS4 oh, version. Oh, game owns. Yeah. I, need to I tried playing Zengetsu mode, and I got all the way to the true final boss, and Miriam kicks your ass. <laughs> what were you saying, Wheels? Uh, I was gonna say I need to. Yeah, 100% of that. It's really good. I also platinum Dark Souls remastered on the PS4. It's Dark nice. Souls! So, uh, yeah, the other Dark Souls game I'm going to probably be playing tomorrow until Mario comes out, or I can go pick it up, is uh, Ashen. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to finally 100% those Mario games, because I've actually never done it before. Uh, I'm probably not gonna. I'm probably gonna like beat the game and do it on a rainy day or something. That's fair. What is Ashen? I think it's a Dark Souls esque game from yeah. a smaller studio. Or, or you play as characters with no faces because it's a Metal Wars game. Oh God, why? 
because because they can keep the game running well. Uh, as an indie studio, they probably can't can't afford to make it really nice. So they're just like, why even bother? So especially since you're probably not going to see their face most of the time anyway. Yeah, that's that's fair, I guess. So have you played any of it yet, or are you going to start playing it? Well, probably tomorrow. Okay. I mean, I could be playing some other game with the H in it, but... Uh, Hades? I'm not going to... Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, uh... Tony Hawk? I'll probably Wait, that's... Tony Hawk has probably... an H in it. We'll probably do that um, at the start of the next week. But, um... I hope we get another review of Kasavin so we can talk about it. Somewhere. Oh, I know what H game you're talking about. Never mind. <laughs> I just realized. I have a million questions, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, what were you thinking about? <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm getting tired. I'm going to go to bed soon. Okay. This is probably winding down fairly soon. Anyway. Yeah. Give uh, us your plugs. I have a podcast, RP Grinders. But I also write reviews for sites like bostonbrassbrigade.com and totallygn.com and the reviews of games. And if you like what I've written and you want to support me, sending me as little as a dollar would help out. And my Patreon in my Twitter account profile, which is at RPG. And that's about it. Oh, and on RP Grinders, I hope to have an interview with... Uh, Eric V. Bailey, who's a Christian gamer dad who's making a video game called Octobug with like pretty much no programming knowledge whatsoever. (laughs) I like that guy. I'll be interested. He's a very entertaining Twitter follow. But um, that's all I have to really say. See you guys later. See ya. Yeah. So those those are the things that have stuck out in my mind. Uh, that like mafia strategy game looks kind of neat, but I don't know enough about it to say definitively one way or the other. Oh, they showed a sniper game. Sniper Elite, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that mafia game looks kind of neat. I don't know enough about it to say one way or the other, but yeah. So yeah, I think that's it for us. Probably. Um, anything else in? Uh, no, we really went down it. I technically went down it twice. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Monster Hunter Rise is extremely exciting, and I'm very glad that it's coming sooner rather than later. Sony sucks. <laughs> Sony is like one of the three stooges just accidentally falling into success. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, they're, they succeed only because, like, half the time, like, everyone else. Three Stooges way harder, and like falls onto a pile of thumbtacks. But hey, we've got there's like for once all three console manufacturers look like they have a relatively clear grasp on what they're intending to do. Which is good. Sony's been very bad at messaging it, but like Microsoft's commitment to like Game Pass and sort of like I'm always leery about like getting into the well. What if you just didn't own games, man? But at the same time, like. Game Pass is actually a good enough value, and you can, like, pick up things that you like from it to keep permanently. Isn't that a good strategy? Yeah. 
why don't you do that? So, bought... like, Game Pass is actually a good value. Like, they're really focusing on the software service concept. Sony is doing as, as they always do. And Nintendo's, like, really firing on all cylinders at this point as well. I can't wait to play Mario again. I don't even have words for how happy I am to, at the thought of playing, like, Mario 64 again tomorrow. Come on, Toto. <laughs> oh, come on, Toto. Kill, kill! <laughs> broken. Head broken. Uh, yeah so yeah i just wish i i could you know they they should totally should have ported the ds version of mario 64 so we can all why why do you say this why are you attempting (laughs) to hurt me person (laughs) i whenever people are like they should have fixed things about mario 64 all i can think is like yeah like they did for the ds remember that remember how it was worse yeah, they could add Waluigi too. There you go. Get him out of sports and racing franchise. And that oh you know what game Waluigi was the actual like final villain of? What's that? Dance Dance Revolution Mario Man. Oh my god. <laughs> Apparently perfect. he's a hell of a dancer, I guess. That's that's perfect. Remember when there was a Dance Dance Revolution Mario spinoff? Oh my god. Was that on GameCube or Yep, GameCube exclusive. <sighs> And it has almost no licensed music and almost no Konami music. It's A lot of it is just royalty-free music. All right, Nintendo, can you get serious and just make uh, Wario and Waluigi partners in crime, please? Seriously, Thank just you. hire off whoever you can from the recently departed Alpha Dream. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's Q&A Quest for this week. I mentioned it earlier, but just in case... Uh, questions go in the comments section or they go in the podcast section of the RP Gamer Discord, which you can join for free, no strings attached, except that you need a Discord account. But that's not that hard, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> so yeah, those are those would be my personal recommendations to all of you, so that you can ask us many wonderful questions so that I don't have enough time to rant about FF sixteen for thirty minutes this <laughs> next week. <laughs> Like a deranged madman sending you, like, severed limbs. Uh, And yes, if you would like me to go into further detail on why Monster Hunter 4 is awesome, uh, feel free to send me a question, because I will do it and no one can stop me. Wheels, I need you to make make a promise to me, though. What's that? If I actually play Monster Hunter Rise, I have to be allowed on an episode of that Monster Hunter podcast you and JC did. uh, Yes, assuming we bring it back, which is, I think, highly likely. Yes, absolutely. I saw you guys immediately start wilding on Twitter. Yeah. No, that's like the first thing I did was like, okay, I got a tweet at, <laughs> I got a tweet at Phil. <laughs> and he was probably at work because he hadn't even seen it yet. He was like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> I like how you didn't object to me describing what you were doing as wilding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I went crazy. Uh, like, yeah, I was like, that was, that was a, that was a, Freaking direct aim, basically directly at you. <laughs> let me let me lay the scene out for you. So I was leaving Target as this thing was starting, and you know, just put the phone there, and like, okay, I'm just gonna listen to this as I'm driving home. I hear that Monster Hunter trail. I'm like, okay, I gotta park for a minute, or I'm gonna crash. <laughs> just like yelling in my car. It was it was a scene to yelling to no one in particular. As you do. It's like when you. It's like when they announced Panzer Dragoon. Yes, this is true. <laughs> exactly the same thing, almost. I remember you talked about having to pull over for that one. <laughs> yes. 
Because I mean that would that was beyond unexpected too. That yeah, that just, just like, came out what, of what nowhere. F just happened. Of course, ultimately, it's a little disappointing because it was a reminder that the first game is not the best. It's it's still it's, a neat game, but it is just a fairly short rail shooter. Yeah, but it, it's a wonderful updated artifact to have. I will let, mm. um, I when the inevitable two comes out, that will be my. <laughs> yeah, Zvi is already confirmed. It's Saga that's up in the air. Yeah, but yeah, that the two is excellent for anyone that was maybe iffy. Uh, beyond excellent like branching paths and stuff and all sorts of weird secrets differently evolving dragons yes that is that game is crazy <laughs> but yeah so you know questions go in the question uh, in the comment section or they go in the podcast zone of the discord uh, otherwise i mean you know what'll happen if you don't give us enough questions we've still got a few more from fire miner yes but... i don't think we ever answered the saga question mark question so we still that got that yeah in... so... yeah so you're not completely you're not completely at our mercy yet but soon you don't want to be <laughs> but yeah so otherwise see ya space cowboys see ya Triple on, put those on game who didn't know the true form of pure evils and physical, so I keep a